Thursday. Welcome to the Colby Daniels Podcast, presented by Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. Check out their line of natural medicine products, including Kratom, CBD, and Delta 8. If you're looking for something to help with pain, anxiety, or just an opioid opioid alternative, uh, check out Artisan Botanicals' line of natural medicine products. Again, Kratom, CBD, Delta 8. Plus, we're saving you 15% off your online order. So order online, abotanicalcompany.com. Use the discount code COLBYSHOW, and you'll save 15% off. Again, abotanicalcompany.com. They have a drive through for pickup, so it's easy, safe, and efficient pickup at Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. All right, mock draft time. We did the first round yesterday with Aaron Davis. He and I alternated picks uh, throughout the first round, all 32 picks. Today, we're going to do the second and third round. So we're going to make every pick from 1 to 105 over the course of these two days. Uh, but we will begin with uh, the first pick of the second round today, which is pick number 33, and make our way to pick 105. Um, this is a lot of fun. And look, as far as the draft goes, next Thursday, Aaron and I are going to be broadcasting live from Chalk Sports Bar in Chisholm Creek beginning at 6.30. Uh, so we'll have about 30 minutes of uh, pre-draft coverage before the draft starts at 7 o'clock. And then we will uh, predict and analyze and react to all 32 picks in the first round. So it's going to be a ton of fun. They are going to have $3 Bud Light all night long throughout the draft. Not to mention, when you come in, dr- uh, draw a name, a draft name, a prospect name out of the hopper, And if your name, say you draw Trevor Lawrence, is picked in the top 10, uh, you're going to win a prize. We're going to have prizes for the top 10. Obviously, the the first couple picks are going to have the grand prizes, so we'll give you that information next week. But uh, draw a prospect, win prizes, $3 Bud Lights. We're going to have draft swag, so come in and grab some draft swag as well. It's going to be an awesome atmosphere, and again, we're going to be there all night uh, reacting to all 32 picks at Chalk in Chisholm Creek. All right, here is Aaron Davis and our second and third round mocks. It is mock draft time again as Aaron and I alternated picks yesterday going through the first 32 picks, the first round of the NFL draft. Today we're going to hit rounds two and three. So we've got approximately, what, like 70-ish picks to make, Aaron? Yeah, we're going from, what, 34-3 to 105? Because I I assume we're doing the, the compensatory picks and all that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, about seventy one. Yeah. All right. This is this is going to be fun. Um, this is the point where like the second and third rounds are fun because there's still a bunch of quality players, but there's not necessarily a right or wrong answer here, right? Like I think in the first round you can clearly tell like, yeah, that guy's not a first round pick. He's not going in the first round. When you get to this point, I, I think there are a lot of things that are possible. Here's my concern with this, and it has nothing to do with who we pick or anything like that. It's going to be my ability as these two rounds go on, keeping up with like the board and who's been drafted and like yeah. not picking a guy that went like 15 picks ago. Um, so I'm doing, I'm going to do my best. I've, uh, I've spent hours like concocting these spreadsheets and, uh, I, I feel organized right now. But okay. We'll see what happens here in about. 20 picks later, it may change. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I've got got several documents open on the laptop uh, that have uh, what teams have chosen, what players are gone, my uh, positional rankings, and and all that good stuff. So I believe I'm all set. Um, Just to kind of recap the first round that we did yesterday, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance were the first four picks. Kyle Pitts... 
or excuse me, Panay Sewell went to the Bengals at five, followed by Pitts, Jamar Chase, Rashawn Slater, Micah Parsons, and Patrick Sertan the second were the top ten. Um, just some of the highlights. Mac Jones went 15 to the Patriots. Uh, let's see. The Raiders, or, or the Cardinals took J.C. Horn. The Raiders took Quiddy Pay. Uh, moving down. The Jets' second pick was Trayvon Merrig. Um, the Jaguars' second pick was Samuel Cosme. The Browns took Zaven Collins. Um, the Chiefs took Dylan Radunes out of North Dakota State. And then the Bucks closed things out with Aziz Ojulari. So that takes us to pick 33 of this draft, which belongs to, once again, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like I said, Trevor Lawrence and uh, Samuel Cosme have been chosen for Jacksonville at this point. So, Aaron, you're on the clock. All right. Um, I, want, I wanted to go offensive lineman again here. With Jacksonville, uh, some again, people might say the receiver is a need, but I just don't see a receiver as a dire need for Jacksonville. I, I see uh, protecting Trevor Lawrence as a much more urgent need for this team. So uh, I wanted to get a guy that I can potentially play in a, multiple roles, inside, outside, whatever it might be. And this guy does have some character issues, but. It's a mock draft. I'm going to ignore that. I'm not. I don't have to really deal with them. But I, I, I like his potential on the field. I'm going to go Jackson Carmen, uh, the lineman out of Clemson, uh, played left tackle for them. But uh, a lot of scouts think that he could play inside, uh, or more. Might most likely will end up playing guard in the NFL. So uh, Jackson Carmen, going to go to Jacksonville with uh, Samuel Cosme, and hopefully they can protect Trevor Lawrence. All right, long term. All right, I, I didn't see that one coming. So. Jackson Carmen off the board, which takes us to the New York Jets. They took Zach Wilson, number two in this draft. Their second first-round pick was Trayvon Merrick, the safety out of TCU. Uh, I'm going to go offense, and I'm going to stay at Clemson. You took Jackson Carmen. Uh, I'm going to take the first running back off the board in this draft, Travis Etienne, to the New York Jets. That's a good pick. Uh, It takes us to Atlanta. Uh, Let's see. I'm going to give them, they need some help at cornerback. Uh, Let's go Asante Samuel Jr., cornerback out of uh, Florida Florida State. State University, yeah. All right, pick 36, the Miami Dolphins are on the clock. Another team that's had multiple picks in this draft. They took Kyle Pitts at number six, and then they were on the clock again at 18, and they took Jalen Phillips' edge out of Miami. Um, Once again, I think we're talking about giving their quarterback more weapons. Uh, We saw the first running back come off the board. It's the second round. I think this is the point where you feel like you get value as far as the top end of the running back selection. Uh, so I, I'm going to give Miami Tua's college teammate, Najee Harris. Najee Harris, running back, Alabama. So did Miami. the Dolphins end up getting uh, Kyle Pitts? They did, right? They did, yeah. So they're, uh, that offense is looking pretty scary yeah. right now. Kyle Pitts, Jalen Phillips, and Najee Harris now to the Miami Dolphins. All right, Eagles up on the clock. Uh, they need a lot of help everywhere. They got Devonte Smith in the first. Yeah, Devonte Smith in the first yeah. round. Jalen Waddle went to New York uh, to the Giants. Um, so I don't. I don't want to go back to back receiver here. Although I think they could use another receiver. 
But I'm going to hold off on that because the receivers at the top of the board are kind of similar to what they already have, in my opinion. So I'm going to go with another cornerback, and I'm going to go with uh, Eric Stokes out of Georgia. They need all the help they can get on their defense. Literally every position on defense is a need right now for them, except for you know maybe the defensive line. So I'm going to go best available on my board. I'm going to go Eric Stokes. Eric Stokes, corner out of Georgia. Um, what do you run? Like a four-two-nine, I believe. At <laughs> yes, the pro day, so. like just yeah. something ridiculous. Um, I like both of the Georgia corners in this draft, and I I kind of like Tyson Campbell a little bit better than Eric Stokes, and and I think that was pretty much the consensus until the pro day when Stokes ran the blazing fast time, and I think since that point, most people have put Stokes ahead of Tyson Campbell, but. I mean, that's a sexy yeah. number. I could see why Absolutely. they might buy into that. Absolutely. To me, Tyson Campbell just seems a little bit more fluid in coverage as far as uh, the you know the, the ability to turn your hips and run and, and locate the football. So, uh, but I mean, you have a corner that runs a 4-2. Good Lord. All right, the Cincinnati Bengals are on the clock. Um, this is interesting because I was totally prepared to go one way, but there's still a player available uh, that uh, that I wasn't expecting to be available, I thought would probably come off the board in the in the first couple picks of this round. I'm going to go best available here for the Bengals. Um, even though I think the Bengals have to dedicate some of their draft capital on day two to continuing to build the offensive line for Joe Burrow, uh, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa is still on the board. JOK, we talked about this in the first round. I, I think he is a first-round talent, but when you consider him to be kind of a tweener between you know a linebacker and a safety, I think it's going to take the right team with the right fit to want to take him and and have him in a, in a position to succeed. So I don't think it's one of those things where you just say, the guy's talented, let's just take him, and then not have a place for him, and it doesn't really work out. I think you have to have a game plan for JOK if he's going to be successful. So I, I could potentially see him dropping out of the first just for that reason. I think there are a few landing spots in the first where he could go, but if those teams decide to go other ways, it wouldn't necessarily shock me to see a guy that is a tweener move to the second round. So at pick 38, I will give the Bengals just a, an all-around defensive playmaker, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa out of Notre Dame. Very nice. Uh, Carolina up on the clock. <clears throat> Uh, I'm struggling with this pick because there's a guy on the board that I really want to take because I really like him, but they kind of brought in some free agents at that position that I don't feel like this guy would be warranted picking him this high at 39. So I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to fill a need for them. We drafted, uh, Rashawn Slater, Rashawn Slater, the kid out of Northwestern earlier. I'm going to keep it on the offensive line this time, but we're, let's move it inside. And Slater is, he's versatile. He could probably play inside and outside in the league. So uh, I'm going to, but I'm going to keep it inside. I'm going to go Landon Dickerson, the interior offensive lineman out of Alabama. Uh, again, this is a team that I just, I don't feel like they have a lot of needs. They have some defensive needs, but there's nobody that I really like at this point um, for them right now. So I'm going to go with Landon Dickerson. All right. I like it. Landon Dickerson is the pick center out of Alabama to the Carolina Panthers. They brought in Sam Darnold in the off season. Um, offensive line is, I, I think about middle of the road, maybe a little on the bad side of middle of the road uh, in the NFL, but they certainly, when you look at, at the, the players they have on the roster, they could use 
absolutely offensive line help. Yeah, if they sure up their offensive line, they could be the, a top five offense in the league. Yeah. All right, pick 40, the Denver Broncos on the clock. Uh, this is a tough one for me. Uh, you went Micah Parsons with the ninth pick for Denver. Um, I, Denver's a lot like some of the other teams. I mean, I, you mentioned um, Detroit, I think, in the first round where um, there are, for Denver at least, I, there are some position groups that I really like, and then there are some position groups where it just feels like they need a lot of help uh, all over the place. So, for me, looking at the Denver Broncos, um, man, this is tough. I was going to go Landon Dickerson, by the way, so I'm a little bit uh, on tilt it. trying to figure out what I'm going to do next. Let's give them an offensive tackle. Uh, they were... I think ranked in the bottom 10 of offensive lines in the NFL last year. PFF graded them at number 25. Yeah, uh, outside of Garrett Bowles, they, I mean, they were bad. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's give them an offensive tackle here. Uh, looking at who is available, I'm going to go with Walker Little out of Stanford. This is a guy that hasn't played since... What, the first game of 2019? Yeah, so almost a year and a half. Where yeah, he, at least a year and yeah, a half. Yeah, he had an injury that ended the 2019 campaign, opted out of 2020. Uh, so you're talking about a long stretch without football, but this guy is a monster. And as far as just the on-field production, I mean, when he's been on the field, he's been fantastic. But, you know, if you're, you're somebody that has any questions about uh, time off, maybe this isn't the guy for you. But look, if, if he had played... Um, I think he's a first-round talent. So um, I'm going to give Denver Walker Little here. Very nice. Yeah, I mean, he was highly recruited out of high school, like uh, one of the best offensive linemen, whatever. I don't know what high school class he was in, but I remember hearing about him going to Stanford and being a top-level recruit and was supposed to be the next big thing at Stanford. And he fly. I mean, he was good early, but like you said, he hasn't played since week one of 2019. Yeah. So uh, a, a lot of questions there. All right, Detroit's up on the board. They took Jamar Chase in the first round, so I don't want to go back-to-back -back receiver with them again because they're just so bad across the board that they need everything. So with that being said, I, I'm just going to go ahead and take the best available on my board right now for them, and uh, that's going to be Jamin Davis, the linebacker out of Kentucky. Uh, was really good last year, freak athlete, 4-4 his pro day, 42-inch vertical. Um, they just, man, they need, some, they need everything, so... Uh, why not get a guy you can put on the field at linebacker and play great run defense, and uh, maybe he can he can improve and be a great uh, linebacker in coverage too. But love the freak athleticism from Jamin Davis. I went through the the two rounds that we are doing right now last night, and that was who I gave them as well. Um, it just it just yeah. yeah they need everything. They need man. everything, so like, and he's just yeah he's such a dynamic athlete. And look, he's a guy that some people have projected to go in the first round in the 20s. So, you know, linebacker is just one of those interesting positions that kind of feels like it's been devalued over the years because teams feel like they can they can still get quality later in the draft. But when you look at his freak athleticism and, and what he has to offer from that standpoint, um, I, I'm really interested to see where he goes. Um, I It's funny because I've done quite a few mock drafts on, on the PFF draft simulator, and there are times that Jameen Davis is available in the fifth round and I draft him and PFF always gives me the grade, no matter where I get him, they always give me the grade C 
on Jameen Davis. I'm like, what? <laughs> you Why don't you like Jameen round, Davis? What do you have against Jameen Davis? If you get Jameen Davis in the fifth round, I think that's more than a C. Absolutely. It's more, it's more a than plus. at least a B. Yeah, well, A plus. Yeah, a, yeah, sure. In the fifth round? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we'll give it an A plus. Yeah. All right, the New York Giants are on the clock. They went Jalen Waddell with their first round pick. I, I think they have to help the offensive line here. I think edge rush is also something that I would consider in this position, but ultimately you have weapons. You have a, a running back that is seemingly always hurt. You have a young quarterback. Uh, if you're going to make this thing work, it's all about protecting the quarterback and, and giving the running back some opportunities to have rushing lanes. Let's just address the very middle of the offensive line. Uh, I'm going to go with the center position here, and I'm going to take who I think is the best center in this draft. Incredible athlete, I think, opened a lot of eyes uh, with the pro day. Let's go Creed Humphrey to the New York Giants at number 42. Our first okay. Sooner off the board. There we go. I was considering him there, but uh, you made my life a little bit easier. So uh, with that being said, I think I'm going to go back-to-back Sooners here. I think I'm going to give the 49ers, Ronnie Perkins, a uh, little bit on the smaller side, but I think in that San Francisco offense, it's going to allow them to be versatile with him, whether they want to play him standing up uh, or, you know, coming off the edge in a, in a three technique, whatever. I mean, he can do both. I think he's proven that, especially yeah. at OU. He can he can have a, his hands on the ground. But playing in that San Francisco defense, even if he's just kind of spelling a Nick Bosa or an Eric Armstead occasionally, like I think that would be a huge get for them. And uh, I think it's a situation where it doesn't put a ton of pressure on him to uh, produce high level uh, right away. So good team, a little bit of a luxury pick for them. But uh yeah, right. Back to back Sooners. I was tempted to go receiver there uh, because I think they could use a little bit more help at receiver past yeah. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. But if I can get Ronnie Perkins to make that defense even better, then it's kind of a it's tough to say no to that. Yeah, uh, I, I like that pick. And look, I mean they've they've spent a lot of draft capital over the last five years on defensive linemen. Um, I, I, the Ronnie Perkins pick is perfect for them because he doesn't he's not a, he doesn't have to play every down. Uh, in fact, you know, when you do put him in, which is probably a, a situational pass rush type thing, he's probably going to be the least focused guy of the guys that are coming after the quarterback anyway. So I think he's that, that would be a perfect landing spot for Ronnie Perkins. Yeah, and I, I don't I've never viewed him as a guy that took snaps off. So, I mean, you can you can trust him to go in there on those situations and yeah, and, you know, bust his ass to get to the quarterback. All right, the Dallas Cowboys are on the clock at pick number 44. I took Patrick Sertan the second with the 10th overall selection. Um, this one is is really interesting to me because I think there are probably like five or six players available right now that as a Dallas Cowboy fan, I would love to be the selection here. So I don't think there's a wrong choice, and it, it probably is a matter of preference. I, I've heard from my... Dallas Cowboy friends that cover the team that uh, they really like Richie Grant potentially in this spot. I think I think it probably is safety at 44, unless there's just somebody that is unexpectedly available at 44. Um, we were talking about this before the pod started. Uh, Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay did a three-round mock draft uh, that I just discovered last night. They have Christian Barmore going 44 to the Dallas Cowboys, which interior defensive line is a massive need 
for Dallas. Uh, and if he were there, I, I would be doing backflips off the, the top of my house. Um, he's not there in this draft. So I don't think there's a player that you can just completely ignore the the potential of getting a great player plus a need here. So again, I mentioned Richie Grant seems to be a popular name in Dallas, but I'm going to go with my number two safety in this class. And I talked about this a little bit yesterday. I think in today's NFL, you have to have guys that are versatile. Versatility, especially in the secondary, I think today is is so valuable. Um, there are two guys here, and Richie Grant is is also incredibly versatile. Uh, I just I like Javon Holland out of Oregon uh, a little bit more, and and either one of those guys I think would be a great fit. But Javon Holland's skill set, uh, I, I think, allows him to play every down, allows him to play. And no matter, I mean, you could change defensive coordinators and he's going to have a home because he can do so much. You can use him as a weapon in so many ways. So um, I just like the fact that he, you don't have to just marry him to one specific scheme. He can do so much that, it, you know, if you change defensive coordinators a year from now, he's still one of your best players and he can play in the slot. He can, you know, be a box safety. He can be a high safety. So uh, I just, I love the versatility out of a guy like Javon Holland. All right, Jaguars back up on the clock. I feel like I keep picking for the freaking Jaguars, but uh, let's keep it going. Uh, with so the we, have, we have trend. Trevor Lawrence, we have Samuel Cosby, and Jackson Carmen right. so far I'm, to the Jags. Uh, I'm done with offensive line. I've uh, said it a, a few times that I don't feel the receivers a dire need right now. I feel like they have more desperate needs. So uh, I'm going to keep with the trend of safeties. I'm copying you again. We went back-to-back sooner, so I'm going to go with safety again. I'm going to go with my number two safety, uh, in this draft, I'm going to go with Richie Grant again, a versatile player who can do it all. Great pass, uh, great in the pass game, great in the run game, uh, and played a lot at at Central Florida. So he's very experienced. Which a young team like this, uh, I understand Richie Grant's still young; he's a rookie, but he's a lot of experience to bring to this defense. So I'm going to go Richie Grant, safety out of Central Florida. Yeah, I like this player a lot. Um, I feel like talking about the two safeties that just went for me. Javon Holland is just a little bit more physically gifted than Richie Grant, and that's probably the decider between the two. But like I said, I I love both of these guys at safety, and I think the versatility from both of these guys makes them each extremely valuable. I think there's a lot of value at safety in day two of this draft. Absolutely. I mean, you could go with the two guys we drafted. There's the the Elijah Molden kid out of Washington, Jamar, uh, the Johnson kid out of uh, Indiana. Like I think there's a lot of value you could get in day two at safety. Yeah. All right, the New England Patriots are on the clock at pick 46. They took Mac Jones with the 15th overall pick in this draft. Uh, I'm going to stay on the offensive side of the football. Their offense was dreadful to watch a year ago. Um, I think there are some maybe X-type receivers that are available here that you could go with, but uh, I I think just the best receiver available on the board is Kadarius Toney. Uh, I think when you look at his ability out of the slot and and just the overall playmaking aspect that he brings to the table, um, I, I think Bill Belichick would would love to have a guy like that. You think it's realistic that he falls to forty six? Not really. No, I think he's gone before forty six. I do too. Um, all right, Chargers up at forty seven. They went with Darius uh, Saw. I keep wanting to say Darius Shaw. Darius Saw in the first round of pick thirteen. So. Uh, Let's go to the defensive side. Let's get them an edge rusher. Uh, tempted to go with Asai from Texas, but I think I'm going to go with Carlos Basham Jr., the 
edge rusher out of Wake Forest. Super explosive, big body. Doesn't play as physical as you would think that he would, but uh, I think that uh, you know you can you can get him to play a little bit more physical when you're you know he's playing for money. So uh, I'm gonna go Carlos Basham Jr. Edge rusher out of Wake Forest. Line him up across from Joey Bosa and uh, replace Melvin Ingram. There you go. So the Chargers, Darisaw and Carlos Basham with their first two picks. All right, pick 48, the, I about called them the Oakland Raiders. I think I may have called them the Oakland Raiders yesterday. Uh, I still haven't made that transition yet. Uh, but look, I'm still calling the Chargers San Diego half the time. So uh, it's, you know, you yeah. just get so used to it. They are who they are. They are who they are. The Las Vegas Raiders with pick number 17 in the first round. They went defensive line and quitty pay. Uh, this is another team, Aaron, that I feel like just could go in so many different directions. Uh, you look at their depth chart, and I think there are just so many places where they could use help. Uh, so I start looking at just best player available. Um, I'm going to go Nick Bolton, linebacker, Ooh. Missouri. Love Nick Bolton. I almost picked Nick Bolton with the, uh, uh, who was it? Carolina, Carolina, Nick Bolton was, I was debating between him and Dickerson for, uh, for that, for the 39th pick. I, Nick Bolton, if you want to watch a dude that just lights up players, right? that's your guy. That was who I mocked to Carolina last night, uh, was yeah. Nick Bolton at 39. Yeah. Yeah. And, and look, I think for the Raiders, he's just the kind of guy that again, you, you, we, we have the opportunity because John Gruden and, and, um, Mike Mayock were in the media for so long to kind of have an idea of the kind of players they love. And to me, Nick Bolton just seems like the kind of guy that they would fall in love with. Yeah, 100%. He has that, I get, I don't know if it still exists, but he has that like Raiders mentality, like persona, like you said, and like the John Gruden, same thing. Yeah, it's yeah. a dude that's just going to knock your head off every play and he, he always plays hard. Uh, the linebacker Arizona, version of Jonathan Abram, right? Like just yeah, hundred percent gets to the ball with bad intentions. I think that I think he plays a little bit smarter than than Jonathan Abram, but yeah, yeah, same. The, the bad intentions are still there. He's yeah. just uh, calcul- calculated about it as well. All right, Arizona up on the clock. They went with J.C. Horn in the first round. Uh, I'm going to flip this to the other side of the ball, and uh, I'm going to go with a guy that if he's healthy. You got to get a little bit excited about what uh, I almost said Lincoln Riley uh, about what Cliff Kingsbury can do with him, especially when you think about the athleticism of Kyler Murray paired up with this guy in the backfield or coming in the slot, whatever you want to do. To think about what Rondell Moore can do in this Arizona offense, they don't need a big physical receiver. They brought in AJ Green. They already have DeAndre Hopkins. They like, they have the physical receivers. They need a more like a, a gadget guy is exactly what this offense needs. I could have went running back maybe, but I think that Rondell Moore is just so dynamic in this offense if he can stay healthy, and it's just making them even better and even more fun to watch. I love that pick to the the Cardinals, and I don't know if you saw the news yesterday, but there's uh, there's talk that they're they're potentially moving up to get Jalen Waddle from 16 in the first round. Um, I, can you imagine that offense with Jalen Waddle? But but to your point in the second round. I mean, you're, you're exactly right. Rondell Moore here just feels like a steal uh, in the second round to, to get that same sort of skill set as far as fit within that offense. Between have, if, they get, if they go up and get Jalen Waddle, between having DeAndre Hopkins and Jalen Waddle, Kyler Murray doesn't even have to try. 
He just like if he just has to put it in the general area of those guys, and they're going to make a catch. There's like two. Jalen yeah. Waddle was the best contested catch receiver in the in the in college football last year, and DeAndre Hopkins has arguably been the best in the NFL for the last five years. God, yeah. that's scary. They're going to be good. I yeah. I hope they're good because they might be my team. Yeah, they're fun to watch. My, I mean, obviously, my favorite team is my favorite team to watch, but uh, they they're number two, man. Every week, just yeah, they're they're, they're they're a great watch. All right, the Miami Dolphins are back on the clock at number fifty, so they've had three selections so far: Kyle Pitts in the first round, uh, Jalen Phillips, the edge out of Miami, went eighteen, and then Najee Harris in the in the first few picks of this second round. Um, let's stay on the offensive side of the ball and I'm going to go with an offensive lineman. This is a guy that, uh, a lot of people project to potentially be a guard or a tackle in the NFL. And we'll just keep with the Alabama theme. You've got Tua, you've got Najee Harris. Let's go Alex Leatherwood at 50 to the Miami Dolphins. A reunion in Miami. There you go. Uh, they also got Najee Harris as well, right? Yeah. It's a lot of Alabama in that offense. Yeah. I don't know. I might have to start hating the Dolphins. Uh, all right, let's go with the Washington football team. Uh, they went with Rashad Bateman in the first round, which isn't uh, – some people will say that's not a dire need, but I think they needed another receiver outside of Terry McLaurin. So uh, let's switch over to the needs. Let's get them something they do need, and that's some offensive line help, especially at the tackle position. And – There's three guys on the board right now, and I, I don't know how much, like, how different any of them are as far as their potential. So I'm going to, you know, I, I, I'm i going to go with the Quinn Miners kid out of Wisconsin Whitewater. Okay. Uh, he was really good at the Senior Bowl. Liam Eichenberg probably uh, is going to end up playing inside. And I think that Washington needs a little bit more help on the outside. So I think that's a little too much of a gamble. And um, so let's go with Miners out of Wisconsin Whitewater, see if he can uh, translate to the NFL. Center. Is a center? Yeah. Oh, he is. I read it wrong. Whatever. They get, they're getting a center. All right. Fair enough. I told you that I was going to confuse. It gets confused about 20 picks in. Yeah. All right. The Chicago Bears. We're now on the clock. Uh, okay, so we went, let's see, with the 20th selection, we went Greg Newsom, the corner out of Northwestern to the Chicago Bears. Uh, look, I think this pick could be quarterback. I think this pick could be receiver. I think this pick could be tackle. Whatever it is, it needs to be offensive help. Andy Dalton right now is projected to be their starting quarterback. Um they're, they're kind of a weird team because I, I, I don't like their roster at all. I think their roster is very unattractive. But it feels like that defense is just good enough to kind of keep them middle of the road and potentially prevent them from ever being bad enough to go get an actual franchise quarterback. They completely whiffed the last time they had that opportunity when they took Mitch Trubisky. So I think quarterback is a, a massive need. But at the same time, like if you feel like you're middle of the road and you're trying to push forward then are you trying to keep Andy Dalton upright? Are you trying to give him some weapons to work with? Because I, I don't know about you. I, I don't really like anything on that offense, maybe other than Allen Robinson. Who's, I can't believe the, he, I can't believe he's still there. 
So yeah, I yeah. agree. He's yeah. I, I've given up on Anthony Miller, given up on David Montgomery. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think all that said, I was prepared to go either receiver or tackle, but I'm going to go ahead and go quarterback here. And I'm going to throw in a little bit of a wrench. I think you're probably expecting me to take Kyle Trask, but I'm not going to take Kyle Trask. I'm going to take on. Davis Mills out of ah. Stanford. I thought you were going Calamon to get excited. Yeah, I mean, they need a quarterback. They, I mean, at the very least, they just need a second option in that building. So, yeah. uh, Tennessee's up on the clock. They went with um, Caleb Farley. Caleb Farley in the first round. I think they went cornerback. All right, so let's uh, let's go with a position that they lost a big playmaker at this offseason in New England. Uh, Anthony Ferkser could be good, but I think they want to get another option at tight end. So let's go with Pat Fryermuth, the tight end out of Penn State. He did get hurt last year, but uh, I think he's athletic enough to be a good pass catcher in the NFL. And in that offense with AJ Brown and Derrick Henry, I don't think that I think the tight ends. Are, I think it's a good position for a tight end to go to, and uh, I don't think that Fryermuth is going to be asked to do a ton, but I think he could contribute right yeah. away. Yeah. All right, which takes us to the Indianapolis Colts at pick 54. Uh, we had them going with Christian Barmore in the first round, which was basically just a best player available type scenario uh, when you consider what was on the board, what their draft needs were, and the fact that he was still there. It just made all the sense in the world. Um, I, I, they're, they're in an interesting spot because I think they could use some playmaker help at receiver. Obviously, Anthony Costanzo retires, so the tackle position is something that has to be addressed. I don't know that I feel like at this point there is a left tackle available, but, I mean, you can always just take a tackle and, and figure it out. Um, you know, I think bodies are, are just important at this stage. Uh, and what else could they go with? Probably just anything to help with the defense, uh, although I, yeah. the defense is good, but I think there are just some, you know, you can just add some depth defensively, but I, yeah, I think they're kind of in that luxury position where they could just really go best available every pick and just add depth. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give them Liam Eichenberg tackle out of Notre Dame. Okay. Uh, Pittsburgh on the clock. I just want to clarify, uh, Dan Snyder was having some, uh, company on his private jet with that pick at 51. <laughs> That's why he thought that uh, he misread that Miners was an outside guy, and uh, it turns out he actually has plays he plays inside, which is embarrassing for all of us. So <laughs> we'll move on from that. All right, Pittsburgh's up on the clock, and this is a uh, this is actually a pretty easy pick for me uh, at fifty five, which is I, I don't know if that's shocking or as we go further along, they're just going to get easier because, like you said, there's no right or wrong picks at this point. Uh, they need a running back though. They need something back there. Benny Snell has proven that he's he's not he's not the answer. James Conner went to Arizona. So let's go with Javante Williams running back out of North Carolina, who just he feels like a perfect fit in that offense, and they need yeah. something to take some pressure off of Ben Roethlisberger having to throw 45, seven-yard slants a game. So uh, let's go with Javante Williams out of North Carolina. I like this pick to Pittsburgh, and I, I told you this uh, a couple weeks ago. Javante Williams is my was my favorite running back to watch in this class. Uh, I mean, you can have the debate about who the best running back is, but in terms of just like being entertained by watching these guys, uh, it went Javante Williams one, Najee Harris two, Travis Etienne three. Javante Williams just 
I mean, he's so explosive. Uh, there's just a burst there that is special. Um, three down back, uh, plays physically, can catch the ball out of the backfield, blocks. Like I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Javante Williams. That'll yeah. be that'll I mean, be one of those. Him. Yeah, that'll be one of those guys. Depending on the landing spot, that uh, next year in fantasy football drafts, I'm uh, circling to to potentially steal somewhere along the way. I think. Yeah, I think Pittsburgh would be a great fit for him because I think he goes in there day one. He's probably the starter, and they still have – their offensive line is – it's it's diminishing, but it's still pretty good that I think he can – I think he could be successful in that offense. Yeah. They're definitely going to feed him the ball. Yeah. All right, the Seattle Seahawks are on the clock for the first time in this draft. Um, I, I think it's probably a situation where it's just uh, – Offensive or defensive lineman, uh, I think they could go in in either direction. Uh, I'm going to give them a guy that uh, is just going to stay close to home. I, I think he's, uh, as far as versatility on the defensive line, I think he's just one of those guys that may not be the most dynamic, but is going to be a presence, and he's a guy that I think on an NFL roster is just because he's there is going to make everybody around him better, so... Let's go with uh, Levi Onwuzurike, defensive lineman from Washington to the Seattle Seahawks. I believe we are now at the Rams' first pick as well. Yes, that's right. Yeah, they. Uh, I don't. They at the rate that they've been making trades, they may not have a first round pick until like twenty thirty. <laughs> so uh, let's go ahead and get their first pick off the board. Um, they need a little bit. Of, they need some offensive line help. They need to make sure that they can keep Matt Stafford healthy with, with what they gave up for him. Um, he could be the difference potentially in them, you know, making a run in the, to the Super Bowl again and winning that division. So uh, let's go offensive line. Let's go Wyatt Davis, uh, interior offensive line out of Ohio State. I know he has some uh, injury issues uh, with his knee last year, but. Let's hope he stays healthy and uh, can keep that quarterback healthy as well. Yeah, they've they've lost all three of the interior guys that were a part of that team that that went to the Super Bowl just a couple years ago. Yeah, I mean, I, I I just with what as good as their defense was last year, I just can't imagine that they don't value offensive line as like their first two yeah. or three picks in this draft. Yeah, especially on the interior, they they need right. a lot of help there. All right, the Baltimore Ravens are on the clock at pick number 58. Uh, we had them taking Jason Owe, the edge rusher out of Penn State, in the first round. Um, I, to me, this is pretty easy. I think you're talking about either, with with so much discussion about Orlando Brown and his future, I think you're talking about either a tackle or I think you're talking about just a playmaker offensively for uh, – for your quarterback, uh, Lamar Jackson. I blanked there for a second on Lamar Jackson's name. Um, looking at the board and what is available here, uh, let's go with uh, Deami Brown, wide receiver, North Carolina, to the Baltimore Ravens. Dude's a burner. They need, yeah, like that pick. A little bit bigger body, too, than what, uh, what they've been working with. He's a burner, but I feel like, yeah, he, he complements the rest of that receiving core. Well, cause it's, he's a burner in a different way than what they, they have in my opinion. I agree. I absolutely agree with that. Uh, Cleveland on the board. <clears throat> Again, this is a, so there's like 
there's two levels of taking best available. There's you're so bad that you need everything to take best available. Yeah. And then there's your roster so good that you just really can take best available to fill out some, you know, just add depth to your roster. Right. And I think Cleveland's on the latter stage right now where their roster is pretty damn good. I'm going to, we had them taking Zaven Collins in the first round, in the first round, which I think is, I think it was a fantastic pick for that, for that team. Um, let's see. They run best offensive line in the NFL a year ago. Um, four, three base defense. They just brought in Jadavian Clowney to play opposite miles Garrett. They, you know uh, what? they signed Anthony Walker, uh, at middle linebacker from the Colts. I know the pick. All right. Let's go with... Uh, okay. I ha- I haven't heard his first name pronounced, so maybe like once. Is it Alim? Alim? Alim McNeil. Alim McNeil. Defensive lineman at NC State. We talked about him last week. We yeah. both had him. Uh, I think we I had him second on my interior defensive line rankings. I think you had him second probably too. Yeah. Or at least second or third. But we both love him. Great pass rusher. Again... Cleveland's kind of in a luxury position. If he, even if he just goes in there on third downs and just kind of is a interior pass rusher on, on third and longs or whatever. Yeah. I, I think when you think about Jadavian Clowney, who's is what he is, but he, he can at least get some pressures miles Garrett. And then you add McNeil on the inside and Zayvon Collins, like this defense is legit. I was looking receiver as well, but Luxury pick. Let's go McNeil. Yeah, I love this pick for them. I, this is a home run to me. Uh, this is my number two defensive lineman in the draft. Uh, I told you there were, at pick 44 for, for my Dallas Cowboys, there were several players at that point that I would have loved for Dallas, and this is one of them. Um, I, I, this, he, I, I personally think he is a three-down defensive lineman in the NFL, uh, especially if he's playing like the the one technique in a 4-3. In a so. Which is what he would be doing in Cleveland. Yeah. yeah. And like Jadavion Clowney doesn't get a lot of sacks, but he is really good in the run game. So it takes pressure off of McNeil if McNeil ends up starting on the inside. Right. And yeah, I, this so far through two picks, I would say Cleveland's draft grade is an A because absolutely, I mean, yeah, to get Zayvon Collins and McNeil to add to that defense is yeah a, a big get for them. All right, the New Orleans Saints are on the clock. Uh, this was the pick in the first round, Terrace Marshall. Out of LSU, uh, just giving their new quarterback another weapon in the passing game, which I think they desperately need. They have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. Uh, I, I think they have a really good defense, but it's also a defense that needs to maybe restock a few positions. Um, I'm just going best player available here defensively, and I think there is a need at linebacker anyway. So best player on my board and one of the top three needs, I believe, for the Saints is linebacker Jabril Cox, linebacker LSU to the New Orleans Saints. All right, let's go to Buffalo. You know, I, I, a team that was so good last year and was so successful, I still look at the Buffalo roster as a roster that they've got quite a few holes to fill, or at least they could, like, really improve at quite a few positions. Man. Um, you said you like their running backs. I don't like their running backs. I think their running backs are, you can't really rely on them to be, make it to be explosive playmakers in an offense. I think that 
you know, they're kind of just like give them a ball and they might get four yards of carry at best case scenario. But I don't think Michael Carter steps in there and is a dynamic three down running back that can, you know, be a difference maker. He's the same he, guy that they already have, basically. I think exa- he, yeah, exactly. they, they, they yeah. have complementary running backs. I don't think they have the the running back. Right. Yeah. So I, I, I don't think he's the answer. Let me ask you this. Okay, so I, I'm looking at Elijah Molden. Do you think he ends up staying at safety in the NFL? Or do you think he ends up playing slot? He's a nickel corner. Get nickel corner. Yeah, I think he, I think he's is, the best yeah. nickel corner in this draft. I know okay. that you know some people feel like that might be Asante Samuel Jr. I, I love Elijah Molden at, at the nickel corner spot. And look, it's it's one of those things where when the NFL finally just you know th- sometimes they're playing catch up, and so so many I think NFL people are are stuck in the old ways. Almost everybody's base defense in 2021 includes a nickel corner. You may not put that on your depth chart. You may have the traditional like four, three, and then four defensive backs. Um, You know, maybe you have the traditional three, four with four defensive backs, but the reality in today's NFL is a lot of the time you're playing a team that's going to have an extremely talented slot corner. And there's going to be a mismatch unless you have a slot corner out there. I think Elijah Molden, wherever he goes, somebody's going to draft him to play slot corner. He is a starter in the NFL day one. I, I he's tremendous. Okay, I agree. I just I didn't want to. I didn't know if I was crazy and like I feel like we had talked about this last week about him probably ending up in the slot. He's the one at the at the uh, Senior Bowl that was playing doing one on ones and man coverage and just like completely staying with the receivers, right? Or am I getting him mixed up well, with see, I don't else? remember him being at the senior bowl, but I that, I could be May, wrong. Okay, I might be getting him mixed up with a different safety. Either way, let's go Elijah Molden to, to Buffalo. They could use a little bit of help at the cornerback position. So Elijah Molden to the Bills. I like that pick. That's another guy that uh, I was talking about for my Dallas Cowboys. They They play Jordan Lewis in that role right now. And I like Jordan Lewis, but... I think Elijah Molden would be an upgrade. By the way, Jabril Cox, uh, he's the train. He transferred from North Dakota State, right? Yeah. So we are two rounds in, and we've already had three North Dakota State players drafted. Right. More North Dakota State players than uh, OU and Oklahoma OU State combined. And yeah, Ohio State. Ohio State's had White Davis and Justin Fields. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Excuse me. I guess Oklahoma and Oklahoma State have yeah. three combined. So same. As yeah. both of our in-state schools, yeah. yeah. More than Michigan, more than, yeah. Yeah. USC. Okay, so the Green Bay Packers are on the clock at pick 62. They went Elijah Moore, receiver from Ole Miss, with pick 29. Uh, they lost Corey Lindsley in free agency. I was... Last night, I mocked them a center here, uh, but... I think the three centers that that I feel like are worthy of being selected in the second round with uh, Miners, Creed Humphrey, and Landon Dickerson, they are all gone. Um, I think, you know, you look at at what their downfall was in that uh, NFC Championship game, and it was offensive line play. Um, So I I think that just offensive line in general could make some sense here. Uh, And then, look, I, I know they went receiver, but... I don't think it's crazy to to think that uh, they could potentially go receiver again. Uh, you know, I know that Alan Lazard makes plays here and there. Marquez Valdez Scantling 
makes plays here and there. They always kind of have a Marquez Valdez Scantling type of guy, right? That that will have like this big game occasionally, but like I, I don't know that anybody is confident that that guy is is going to show up every single game. So it's it's the reason that we constantly have this off season discussion about Aaron Rodgers and and his contempt for the front office. Um, so I think again, I, I think they could go receiver again, but for the for the sake of this mock draft. Uh, we're just going to stay on the offensive line, um, help protect Aaron Rodgers, and we're going to go Jalen Mayfield, tackle out of Michigan to come in and play the right side. All righty. Uh, Kansas City up on the clock. They they took a little bit of a risk by taking the kid out of North Dakota State, who we talked about earlier with Dunn's uh, athletic tackle. I think they're going to go ahead and take a little bit of a gamble on the on their next pick. They're going to go with Nico Collins out of Michigan, a guy that can play outside. They need an outside receiver to replace Sammy Watkins. He it's a boomer bust pick in my opinion, but if I mean he can be the athletic freak that everybody is comparing. I mean they're comparing him to DK Metcalf athletically. Yeah. So if Kansas City can get a DK Metcalf pick here. I think that's a big win, and, it, yeah. and if you know what, if he busts, I don't think it's that big of a deal for Kansas City. It's not. It's not like they have many need, desperate needs. So I think it's a little bit of a luxury pick. I probably could have went with another tackle here, um, but I just I look at the tackles that are left, and I don't think they're any better than what they could get in the third or fourth rounds. So a uh, little bit of a gamble here, but let's go. Uh, Nico Collins. I Nico Collins. I like this pick, and I, I, the hard thing for Nico Collins is just the fact that. He played in a god-awful Michigan offense in college, and they just were never able to take advantage of his skill set. But you, you like, watch the Senior Bowl stuff. Um, obviously, the measurables are off the charts. I mean, what this guy could be is, you know, a massive threat in the NFL if there's a quarterback to get him the football. So, I, yeah. 6'4", 260. Right. Yeah, he's, yeah. I think he would add just a, a whole other dimension to Kansas City's offense that would be dangerous. But they got to keep Mahomes upright, so... Um. Yeah, interesting. I, I like that pick, though. I, I, he would be... I'm just thinking about like what he brings when you already have to account for Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey to that offense. He's essentially, what they, he's essentially the only op- weapon they don't have in that offense right now. Yeah. All right, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are on the clock. Uh, I, I went best player available for them in the first round. Again, they bring back everybody from their Super Bowl winning team, so it's not like there are massive needs per se. Uh, so I, I think, you know, again, luxury pick. Um, Aziz Ojolari was the pick in the first round. Um, I, I Second round, I, I'm going to go best. Maybe, I don't know if he's best available, but he's certainly a guy that I don't think is realistically available at 64 when we get here in, in the real draft. So, you know, I know that, that uh, we had the talk about Antonio Brown yesterday. Uh, I'm going to stay with the receiver position. I'm going to go Tutu Atwell from Louisville. I think as far as slot receivers go, you know, in the second round, there's a handful of guys uh, like, you know, Rondell Moore already went. Um, you know, Kadarius Tony. I, I don't know if he gets out of the first round, but he went in the second round of, in this draft. Tutu Atwell, I think with the ball in his hands, is potentially more dangerous than than any of those guys. So, uh you know, he, he is what everybody's looking for in today's NFL, and he's the reason why you have to have slot corners with, you know, the Elijah Molden pick a few minutes ago. So, uh, Tutu Atwell 
out of Louisville receiver to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? What do you know? I have the Jaguars pick again. So uh, we, that is the end of the second round, by the way. Okay, so I'm going to lead up the third with another Jags pick. Yeah, yeah. Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock. So we- All right, third round of our NFL mock draft. 64 picks in the book. Uh, in the books, we are going to pick 105. So, uh, Aaron Davis, we've updated the big boards for round three. We've uh, tried to, once again, gather our thoughts and uh, get back on, on level footing. So, here we go. The Jacksonville Jaguars, once again, on the clock. You've made a bunch of picks for this team. It started with Trevor Lawrence. In the first round, they also took Samuel Cosme. They began the second round with Jackson Carmen, and then took Richie Grant. So a quarterback, two tackles, and a safety as we get to their fifth pick in this draft at pick number 65 to begin the third round. You ready for this? Some people are going to love this pick. I Some might say it's a little bit of a reach, but uh, I like him significantly better than... Uh, the receiver that, that's at the top of the big board, uh, full disclosure, I just copy and pasted a big, like a 300-player big board and kind of adjusted uh, as we're going. So I don't like the receiver that's at the top. Okay. But I love this guy who is a little bit lower, quite a bit lower perhaps. But I think that Trevor Lawrence needs a pass catcher that he can trust. And I think this guy is a trustworthy receiver. He's got a ton of experience. He's absolutely fantastic at tracking the ball in the air. Uh we were shocked by his 40, so he's got some sneaky athleticism. I'm going to go Tylen Wallace uh, with the 65th pick for Jacksonville. I've, I feel like I've already filled their offensive tackle needs. They needed a safety. Let's get them some. Uh, let's get them a receiver. Let's get them another weapon. I don't think I think DJ Shark and uh, Levisca Chenolter they're good receivers, but let's add Tylen Wallace to that receiving core. Yeah, th- I feel like they need a guy that can just go make plays and doesn't need to be, you know, wide open to make plays. He can make contested catches. And, uh, you know, DJ Turk is a nice player, but, uh, you know, I don't feel like he's a guy that I just can go throw the ball up to and and he's going to go make a play. Whereas with Tylen Wallace, I, I think you have that that option. That's exactly why I think he needs a guy that he can trust. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a, he just, you know, if he's about to get hit, he just needs to, be, you know, have a guy that he can trust to catch the ball if he just throws it up. Yeah. All right, I like the pick. Three receivers in a row right there, which isn't shocking because this is a super deep receiver class, and we we really didn't have a lot of receivers in the second round up until what, like the last yeah, until, two picks? Yeah, until the last, uh, the last several, yeah. All right, the New York Jets are on the clock again. Zach Wilson was the pick at number two. Their second first-round pick at 23 was Trayvon Merrig. Their pick to start the second round was Travis Etienne running back out of Clemson. So this is the fourth pick of the draft for the Jets. Uh, This could be, I think, offensive line, potentially looking for a right tackle, uh, or this could be defense. Uh, Their secondary, I think, needs a lot of help. Uh, You already addressed one of those picks with Trayvon Merrig. So uh, let's go the corner route here. Um, There are mixed feelings on this guy. Uh, I, I think he is in by far the best available at this point. Um, I, I've heard people say he's an early second. I've heard people say he's definitely a third-round pick. Um, his teammate, Eric Stokes, already went, but I, I, I just think the upside for him is is too much to ignore. So let's go Tyson Campbell, cornerback Georgia, to the New York Jets at 66. 
three uh, Georgia defensive players gone in the first, uh, what, 66 picks? Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Here we go. Kirby Smart getting some uh, more defensive players drafted. All right. Houston Texans up on the clock. My former favorite team. First pick at 67. I'm just going best available on my board right now uh, because name a position and they need it. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's go. Let's go with the uh, edge rusher out of Texas, Joseph Asai. Give them two former Texas players on that front seven uh, to pair up with Charles Amenihu. And I hope for, I just hope that for the love of God that he replaces, that Asai replaces Whitney Merciless, who is still on the team for some stupid reason and getting paid a lot of money because he's, uh, he's about three or four years past being a starter in the NFL. So, yeah. Go with Joseph Asai for those lowly, lowly Houston Texans. That's actually a great pick for your Texans. I was I was halfway expecting you to sabotage this pick and and you know go with like Kellen Mond for example. There's um, I look there's I, look I'm not gonna sit here and act like I wasn't tempted to sabotage a New England pick or this pick, yeah. but I'm trying to be professional here. There you go. I'm trying to get yeah I'm trying to get my GM job going. So yeah, I think that there's so like we said I said it a minute ago. You've got two two different sides of you know picking best available in NFL draft and they're definitely on the side of they're so bad that it doesn't really matter they just need everything yeah agreed uh and and look I I think he's a great fit a for their defense uh but I I would be shocked if he were available at 67 so this as, is, as would I yeah, yeah this is what this would be a massive home run for the Texans at this point so um I there are there are a few players actually available right now where I'm like man if that guy were still available at this point um That'd be amazing. So this is how it plays out, though, because I mean, every year, we yeah. are drafting with a little bit with you know bias and you know personal preference, and you'd be crazy to think if the NFL GMs didn't do that, right? Yeah, I agree. All right, the Atlanta Falcons are on the clock, so I gave them Trey Lance in the first round with pick number four. Uh, in the second round, you gave them Asante Samuel Jr., I believe. Uh, so yes. that addresses one of their secondary needs. I think they could still um, go secondary here, uh, but I think they could also go edge rush. And, you know, again, speaking of guys that I, I just feel like are probably gone by this point, um, I'm going to go Joe Tryon, the edge rusher out of Washington. I don't see him being available at 68, and I think – He's he's the number six edge rush guy on my board. We had five. Yeah, we, we had the five guys go in the first round yesterday, and then he's the next guy for me. All right. So you, Cincinnati took Panay Sewell with the fifth pick, and you gave him the linebacker out of Notre Dame, right? Yes, Jeremiah Usu Koromoa. Right. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's go. All right, I'm going to go They still with, need interior offensive line help and then basically everything defensively. Yeah, let's go with... If he's on the board, just let me know and, and tell me to kick rocks. I'm going to go with Kendrick Green, the interior offensive lineman out of Illinois. Um, I was tempted to go receiver or edge rusher here, but like you said, I mean, the most important thing in this draft for Cincinnati has to be protecting Joe Burrow. I yep. think that if you're one of the people that it thinks that Cincinnati could go, should go with a receiver at five or, you know, draft more weapons, I think you're absolutely insane because yep. 
they have to keep Joe Burrow upright. They have to keep him healthy because he's already proven that he can be a top-tier NFL quarterback. So let the weapons come in time and keep him healthy like long-term. So let's go with uh, Kendrick Green out of Illinois. There you go. Yeah, I think guard would have been the pick for me as well. Um, there are a couple other guards that I probably prefer over Kendrick Green, but uh, he's, he's uh, for a lot of people, you know, the, the number two or three guard available in this draft. So that's, uh, yeah, I think you nailed it. They, I, I think that they are going to take probably two offensive linemen with their first three picks. Or at least they should if... Uh, how I, yeah, I would, how I would say... I would be shocked if they went back-to-back offensive line picks. Right. Yeah, look, I was, uh, I was tempted in the first round to go Wyatt Davis for them at uh, whatever pick that was, 38... But it was just kind of one of those things where, again, there were so many guards still available at that point, and Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa is still on the board uh, that I felt like that value was too good to to pass up. But, yeah. Yeah, definitely. He's a first-round talent. Yeah, for sure. All right, the Philadelphia Eagles are on the clock. Uh, they went Devontae Smith in the first round, and then we gave them the cornerback Eric Stokes in the second round. Um, I... I'm not an Eagles fan. It's well documented. Uh, but this is outside of that. This is just a roster that I think, you know, two years ago might have been maybe they were two, the, they two were three years best. ago. I think they were one of the best five rosters in the NFL. I, they were, I think they were the top roster. In the NFL. I mean, they were, yeah, I mean, every, every, every position, position had too deep yeah. quality playmakers. They had depth and it feels like it has been a very quick slide down the hill. And I, I look at, at everywhere and I'm just like, what has happened uh, to this football team? So, I, again, I think this is a situation where it's uh, maybe just best player available. I think they can use help in a lot of areas. Um, they've already addressed, I think, the two biggest issues, which are receiver and corner. Uh, it, and to be honest with you, it wouldn't surprise me to see them go corner again. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go best player available. I'm going to add another corner. I'm going to add a nickel corner. You know, we talked about the, the nickel corner spot and what that means in today's NFL. So I'm going to give them Aaron Robinson, cornerback out of UCF. And I hate to give uh, that to the Philadelphia Eagles here. I, I'm a big Aaron Robinson guy. He was uh, he was fifth on my in my cornerback uh, position rankings for this draft. I Again, I think he's uh, going to be a, a pretty good slot corner. And like you said, Philadelphia just needs everything. So, yeah, yeah to sure up that, that secondary. All right, let's go to Denver. They drafted Micah Parsons and Walker Little with their first two picks. I think at 71, where Denver's at, if this guy's available, I think that you kind of have you would be dumb not to take him um, because it, it it's just a it's a low risk high reward pick in my opinion. So let's go Kyle Trask at 71 to Denver. You're not wait. You're not you know. You're not using a first or second round pick on a quarterback if you still have yeah. what more time for Drew Locke, but at least gives you another option. And Kyle, I mean, I don't know how different they are. Honestly, uh, Drew Locke definitely has a better arm, at least arm strength wise. Yeah, I would say arm strength wise, I would say there's a considerable difference. But I mean, yeah, Kyle just, Trask. But is, their ceiling, I don't think, is much different. Yeah, agreed. Potentially, I mean, you never know. But they need a quarterback. They need another option. So let's go, Kyle Trask. Kyle Trask, quarterback, Florida to the Denver Broncos. All right, the Detroit Lions. I, I feel like this is every pick of theirs is just uh, somewhat of an issue because it's just like 
where do you go? Where do you start almost? I, I think you said it yesterday when you were making the, the seventh pick. This might be the, the worst roster in the NFL. No, I think it is for sure. Like, they, they're going to be the 0-16. Like, to, to say that they're worse than Houston is just, like, that's saying something. Yeah, they're terrible. Yeah. Uh, it's a team that can use help all over. So they went Jamar Chase in the first round. Um, they went, who did we give them in the second? Jameen Davis, the linebacker out of Kentucky in the second. Uh, so I think I'm going to go defense here for Detroit. And I'm going to go corner. I'm going to give them uh, Jameen Davis, college teammate, Kelvin Joseph, corner, Kentucky. Another guy that may not be available at this point. Sniped my pick. All right. Let me give me a second to uh, reconvene here as uh, my guy is off the board that I was going to go with. Let's go with – I'm going to stick with corner, though. And uh, we, I, I may need you to uh, help me with some pronunciation on is this, this player. Is this Melifonwu? Fitu, how do you say it again? Melifonwu. Melifonwu, yes, out of Syracuse. Uh, I, I, I wanted to go with um, Joseph here, but uh, let's go with Fitu Melifonwu. Melifonwu. <laughs> to uh, Carolina. They need some help in that defense and uh, definitely in the secondary. Yeah. Uh, he's a guy that, uh, again, I've been told Dallas really likes potentially as a, a third-round pick. Um, you know, we we've we talked a little bit about this yesterday with Dallas's number 10 pick and the corners that they would potentially be interested in. We had the J.C. Horn conversation where J.C. Horn plays, you know, press man. Uh, Dan Quinn's defense for corners is primarily cover three, so the fit doesn't necessarily make sense there. Melifon Wu is, is the ideal fit. Uh, cover three type corner for what Dallas and Dan Quinn runs. So that's one of those names, if you're a Cowboys fan, to circle if he were to be available to the Dallas Cowboys in the third round at some point. I think he would be a, a viable option just simply because he's he's talented, but he seems like such a natural fit for what Dan Quinn does defensively. Uh, real quick, before we, we move on to uh, Washington's pick, I was debating between him, obviously, uh, Joseph out of Kentucky, and Rodarius Williams. Rodarius Williams... Like where do you, where do you value him in this draft? So Radarius Williams. Now that uh, Melifonwu is gone, I only have one more corner ranked above Radarius Williams. So yeah, I think he's uh, pretty pretty close. I think uh, most of the comps have him around, or most of the projections have him around round three, round four. Yeah. That's so what I'm, yeah, that's what right I'm in this neighborhood, well. and and again, it kind of becomes a. Uh, are you looking for an outside guy? Are you looking for a slot guy? Um, so it kind of becomes a preference thing, I think, when you get to this point. But for me, just on the overall corner board, uh, there's only one guy above him right now. So he very much could be a third-round pick here. There you go. If you're going to stay with the cornerback position. All right, the Washington football team on the clock at 74. They went Rashad Bateman in the first round, receiver out of Minnesota. They went uh, Quinn Miners. The center from, uh, is it Wisconsin? Uh, Whitewater. Whitewater, yeah. Yep. Wisconsin Whitewater. Uh, so, offensive You're line. welcome, by the way. <laughs> thank you. Um, <laughs> offensive line, receiver. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay on the offensive side of the football. I think that uh, they just need all the help they can get. 
Um, even though I don't necessarily like this pick, I don't think that this is uh, a future quality professional football player. Um, it, it has been said that this guy is uh, valued by teams in the NFL. This is a team that certainly needs something at the quarterback position. Uh, we've had Davis Mills go on day two. We've had Kyle Trask go on day two. You're not going to do it, are you? Uh, so I'm going to do it. Uh-huh. I'm going to give them Kellen Mond. You would give him to Washington. It's such a Washington pick, isn't it? Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah. To be fair, I feel like a Washington pick would be to trade this and then sign some free agent that's 30, 32 years old. A Washington pick would be to like give up your next two drafts to bring in like Julio Jones at this point of his career. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, man. Damn it. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm upset that you haven't taken a tackle yet for Dallas. You took, uh, you took Sertan and Holland with their first two picks. Yeah. Hmm. Damn it. You want some team needs here? Well, I know they need a tackle. They need a tight end. They need a tier need, defensive uh, line. People say they need a tight end, but I, I don't know. You like Jarwin? I think he's fine. Like, I, I, I'm not saying that Jarwin is a pro bowler or, you know, a top 10 fantasy tight end, but between Dalton Schultz, who played well when Jar- Jarwin was out last year, they gave Jarwin the new contract last offseason. Um, look, if you can get a quality tight end, I'm not, I'm not saying that that you don't do that, but I don't think that's something they're looking to address early in this draft. I don't think that uh, using a day two pick on a guy like Tommy Trimble or Hunter Long um, is a better move than just sticking with the guys that you already have in that offense. So. I was looking at Brevin Jordan. Yeah. He's, is he still on the board? He is still on the board, yeah. Okay, well, I, I'm going to make you happy. I'm going to try to make you happy. If you like ba- if you like Blake Jarwin, then then we won't take a tight end at 75. Uh, so with the 75th pick, Dallas is going to take James Hudson, offensive tackle out of Cincinnati. I could live with that. James Hudson. I just, I just really wanted to give them another offensive weapon that they really like don't desperately need. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I think people just look at the roster and like when you look at the offense, there's a name in every position except tight end. So people naturally assume like they need a tight end, but I don't agree with that at all. And and look, the tight end isn't like a featured position for them anyway. It's it's just kind of a like catch the scraps type scenario yeah. because you already have to distribute the football all over the field. Um, I'll, I'll tell you this. I, to me, I think when I look at the board here, what's available and what the draft needs are, interior defensive line would have been the the area that I would have dressed. But offensive uh, tackle is something that, that needs to be considered in this draft. I got another pick coming up. I, yeah. might, I might do you a solid there. Yeah. All right, the New York Giants are on the clock. Let's see. Jalen Waddle was the pick in the first round. Creed Humphrey, the pick in the second round. So they've uh, they've addressed the offense twice in this draft. Um, I'm tempted to go defensive line here, but I think you mentioned this yesterday when you were making the Waddle pick. You know, Dexter Lawrence is a guy that I really liked coming out of Clemson. He's played well to this point. Leonard Williams looks like he's completely rejuvenated his career. He was really good for them last season. Um, their offensive line 
ranked number 31 of 32 teams in the NFL. So I don't think it's out of the question for them to go um, back-to-back offensive line players on day two. Um, you also mentioned Evan Ingram as a guy that uh, just can't be counted on at this point. I th- when he's on the football field, he's a tremendous player, but it just seems like he's always missing time. Just never um, on the field, yeah. Yeah, so maybe that is is something that they could address. Um, I, I, I'm not necessarily crazy about their secondary either. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to switch to the defensive side of the football. I told you a couple minutes ago, I only had one corner ranked ahead of, uh, of Rodarius Williams. So I'm going to go ahead and take him here. Paulson Adebo, cornerback Stanford to the New York Giants. All right. I am up again on the Los Angeles charge. I feel like Have the you Chargers made all their picks. And- Yes, I, I feel like I just, every other pick is a Jags and Chargers for me. All right, so I went with Darisol in the first round for the Chargers. In the second round, I took Basham Jr. out of Wake Forest. Let's stick on the defensive side here. Let's get them another safety. Just because I, I do like Nasir Adderley. I do like Derwin James, but neither of them can stay healthy, especially Derwin James. So let's let's add some depth there and uh, maybe a guy that will pair better with Derwin James than Nasir Adderley. Let's go Jamar Johnson out of Indiana. I, it, I love this pick, and I love this player. He... It's funny. I, I've been doing mock drafts basically since the end of the season, and for... The first, like, three months of 2021, Jamar Johnson was available in the seventh round of every mock draft that I did. And then it was crazy. Like, all of a sudden, it might have been about three weeks ago, maybe a month ago, he, like, shot up the board, and it was like nobody knew about this guy. And then, I don't know I don't know if, like, one person discovered him and then started spreading the word, but, like, all of a sudden, the guy's like, holy cow, this is one of the top five safeties in this draft. Uh, he's probably a second to third round pick. I think he is just the best pure center field safety Which, in this draft. If you're gonna if you're gonna run a single high safety, or you know if you're gonna you have your your strong safety in the box a lot, or you know playing on the corner, uh, or playing like a, a slot corner type position, Jamar Johnson at the back end of your defense as like just that center fielder role. I think he's the best at that in this entire draft. Which I think that in that LA defense, like he could absolutely just play center field. Yeah. You know, whether they play like a cover one or whatever it ends up being. Um, yeah. He could just with Derwin James being as dynamic as he is, he doesn't Johnson doesn't need to ever go within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Yeah. Great pick to the chargers. Okay. We are at the, uh, Minnesota Vikings again. I don't believe they had a second round pick. I, they did not. I gave them Elijah Vera Tucker addressing the offensive line in round one. Um, to be honest with you, Jamar Johnson was highly in consideration for this pick um, at 78 if he had still been available. Uh, I, I, I still love their linebackers, but you know those guys are getting up there in age, and it wouldn't surprise me maybe to see them go that route. But um, I, I look at the defensive linemen that are, that are available right now, and... I mean, that, that to me, when you look at what's left on the board and the depth that's on the board, I, I you know, the, the defensive linemen aren't really highly valued in this draft, but but as we speak, there are a bunch of quality guys that are available. So 
Let's go defensive line here and let's give them Tommy Togai out of Ohio State. All right, moving Not on. Not the flashiest the- defensive lineman, but he's a guy that just gives you production in the run and pass game. And again, I think he just makes makes everybody around him better. I think they have enough. I think they've got plenty of flash on the defensive line with uh, Daniel Hunter. They don't yeah. need another. They're fine. Uh, all right, let's move on to the Las Vegas Raiders, not the Oakland Raiders. We have taken uh, Nick Bolton and Quitty Pay. Pay with them. Yeah. So got to love those first two picks on the defense. So uh, let's go ahead and flip over to the offensive side. They desperately need some offensive line help. Uh, the uh, Trent Brown signing turned out to just be an absolute dud of a signing. He's back in New England. Let's go with... Let's go with Spencer Brown, offensive tackle out of Northern Iowa. Um, some have him valued as a potential end of the end of the second round pick to get yeah. him at 79 for Las Vegas. I think they'd be pretty happy about that. Um, I wanted to keep going defense just because their de- their defense is bad, and I think that they will draft pretty heavily on defense. But they do need offensive tackle help desperately here, so uh, we'll go Spencer Brown. There you go. You, you know, his comp is Colton Miller, who uh, I think is their left tackle, correct? Uh, he is, yep, yep, left tackle. Yeah, so you're getting, and, and uh, Spencer Brown played the right side in college, so it's not like you're moving sides or anything. He just steps in naturally to play the right side opposite the guy that he's comp to. Yep. Yeah. All right, the Oakland Raiders back on the clock. Uh, they have back-to-back selections here at 79 and 80. Um, I'm having to pull up their depth chart here because uh, you just mentioned there's so many spots that can be addressed for the Raiders. Um, I, I There's a name on the board right now that I feel like just makes sense as a Raiders guy, but at the same time, I feel like that's one of the positions that they have addressed and maybe they would be looking to address some other positions. Uh, but Quiddy Pay, Nick Bolton, Spencer Brown. Let's just go ahead and give them another safety, Andre Cisco, Syracuse. Las Vegas is, is, as we've gone on, Las Vegas has been one of the tougher teams to draft, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I mean, it's just, a, again, a team that has so many areas of need that it's like, where do you go? Right. All right, Miami is on the clock. I am currently scrolling through to see if I can find another Alabama player to draft for them, uh, <laughs> kind of keep the trend going. Uh, I, doesn't, I'm not, not having I think Deontay luck. Brown yeah, is I available, or maybe uh, Dylan Moses? Uh, let's see. Yeah, Deontay Brown's available. Moses is available. <laughs> a little bit of a reach for me uh, at 81. Um, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna flip over to the defensive side. I'm not gonna go with an Alabama guy. I'm gonna give him an edge rusher. Let's go with. I just had him. Where'd he go? Okay, let's go. Peyton Turner out of Houston. I know you're not a huge fan of Peyton Turner. A um, little bit of a project, I guess, but yeah. 
they need some edge help. He can play the end uh, in a 3-4. He's big. He's strong. And I think their defense is so good that they can take on a little bit of a project and uh, you know give Peyton Turner a little bit of time to kind of mold into whatever they want him to be. He, he doesn't need to start right away for that Miami defense. So uh, let's go Peyton Turner for them. A little bit of a project, but... Who knows? They could turn him into a really good defensive end. Yeah, I, I'm not crazy about him in the second round, but I think when you get to this stage of the draft in the third, like you said, there's there's upside there, uh, and I had him as my best available edge guy at this point of the draft. So, yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not like a big. I, I've heard some people like say they they just love this guy. Um, for me, I think it's more of a like at this stage. I like the pick, but he he's he's extremely stiff. Uh, he's and, big. He's he's not very yeah. fast either. He's pretty slow. But yeah, and I, I think when when you see guys that are just bigger than the, their opponents, especially when you're playing at like Houston and level of competition, um, I, I I worry a little bit that you know when you start playing against guys your own size and you don't have the same athleticism that all that production just completely disappears. Yeah. So, but again, I think there there is upside there with him. And it makes sense. I think on the defensive side, Miami can afford a luxury pick, kind of a, a you know, yeah, a project, so to speak. So, all right, pick. What are we at? Pick eighty-two in this draft. Yep, pick football team. Eighty-two, the Washington football team. WFT, which I read as WTF every time I see it. Um, well, that's what the uh, fans are saying after they drafted yeah. uh, the the interior offensive lineman that they thought was a tackle minor. That's, that's also what they're saying after they drafted Kellen Mond. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so Washington, Washington's draft grade is an F right now. I so. was uh, I was happy to be able to do that for a division rival with the Washington football team. Um, I, I'm actually going to do them a big favor here since, uh, since neither one of us necessarily like the, the way that we addressed their last two picks. Uh, they went Rashad Bateman in the first, Quinn Miners, uh, in the second, Kellen Mond in the third. This is their second third-round pick. I'm going to give them another weapon. Um, you know, they've got Bateman on the outside. They've got um, Terry McLaurin on the other side. Let's give them a guy that is going to play the slot that I think is a pretty good route runner. I, I think he's he's uh, a problem from a speed standpoint. Uh, Amari Rogers, wide receiver, Clemson. This is a guy that I, I also see all over the place. I've seen him as high as the second round. I've seen him as seen him as low as like the fourth or fifth round. So um, he's an interesting player, but I think when I look at the guys that can come in and, and potentially play that slot receiver role for me, he's the best available. All right. Remind me Chicago took Greg Newsome and Davis Mills, Davis Mills, quarterback Stanford. Those are their two picks. Okay. Hmm. I th- I think I'm just going to go best available here for some for their needs. Um let's go with let's go with Josh Myers, offensive lineman out of Ohio State. The fourth center taken off the board on day 2 to the Chicago Bears. All right, the Philadelphia Eagles back on the clock. Um I actually like what what they've done so far, uh, Devonte Devonte Smith in the first round. Uh, then we gave them 
We gave them a corner in the second. Eric Stokes. And then and they then got Aaron a, Robinson. A slot corner with Aaron Robinson. So, uh, yeah, I really like what uh, what the Eagles have put together so far in this draft. Um, let's just go defensive playmaker, address the, the safety position. I think this is a guy that gives you versatility as far as uh, what how you can use him as a weapon. He can play high safety. I think he probably ideally plays more box safety in the NFL. Coming off an injury, but I think he's just a physical freak. So out of Florida State, let's go Hamsa Nasruddin. Hamsa, Naz- Hamsa Nasruddin. That's a hell of a name. Yeah. It's a name draft. I don't know. There might be a name draft every year, but it might be normal, but it seems like there's a lot of names. <laughs> All right. Uh, Tennessee's up on the clock. They uh, they have taken, so far they have taken Caleb Farley, Pat Fryermuth, and now they are on the clock for their third pick in this draft. Uh, I think it's about the time that they need to address the receiver position. They need to figure out a replacement for Corey Davis. So there's still some, still some decent receivers on the board. Um, but I'm going to go with a guy that's got size. He's got some speed. Um, probably the closest thing left to me in regards to comparisons to what Corey Davis brings I'm going to go with uh, Tamori and Terry out of Florida State. All right. I did not have him on my uh, first three-round board. I was I was debating between him and uh, the Jamon Osmond kid out of A&M uh, and Marquez Stevenson and... The Osmond kid didn't play last year, and he's kind of slow, so that kind of scared me off. Yeah. And the, and the Stevenson kid's a little, little. I think he's a little smaller play outside. So yeah. Went with uh, Terry out of Florida State. There you go. Well, look, I mean, again, I, I think we're at that point where there are just so many receivers available in this draft. I mean, all I think through all seven rounds, uh, that it just you know becomes a uh, what flavor do you like best? situation if you need if you need like a big guy then you go that route if you need a slot guy you go that route i messed up oh well there was another guy on the board that i forgot about it was still there but oh yeah guess tennessee's getting terry i mean i haven't made my pick if you want to if you want to call an audible all right let's call an audible let's go with trayvon trayvon grimes okay with that pick trayvon grimes out of florida I mean, if he had played in the bowl game, then uh, would have been a completely different story, yeah. right? At least that's that's what we've been told. All right, the New York Jets are on the clock at eighty-six. They've gone Zach Wilson. They went uh, at twenty-three. They went Trayvon Merrig, Travis Etienne in the second, and their fourth pick was Tyson Campbell. So they've gone corner and safety on defense. They've gone quarterback and running back on offense. Uh, let's let's stay on the defensive side of the football and just give them a playmaker in the middle of the defense. I think this guy is a freak, and I think he's just a great value at this point. Um, Baron Browning, linebacker, Ohio State. When you look at his physical gifts and the measurables for the position he's going to play, I, I mean, it's it's easy to just fall in love with what this guy could potentially do at the next level. So... 
uh, kind of put a centerpiece to that dra- that uh, that Jets defense. There you go. Yeah, they uh, CJ Mosley signing has not uh, not really panned out for them. So I think linebacker is probably a position that they're yeah. going to for sure look to address in this draft. Uh, Pittsburgh's back up on the clock. They have taken Tevin Jenkins and Javante Williams. So uh, definitely trying to get a little bit more of a physical run game in this draft going based on uh, what's something they absolutely desperately need from their putrid offense last year, especially down the down the stretch of the year. So um, I think they're pretty okay to, on offense right now through the first two picks. So let's flip over to the defensive side and let's give them – Okay, just okay. Oh, I thought myself. All right, let's go, Joe Tryon from Washington. Joe Tryon is off the board. It's off the board. I told you this was going to happen. Yeah, the Atlanta Falcons took Joe Tryon at sixty-eight. Damn it! I told you this was going to (laughs) happen. Okay. All right, let's uh, let's readjust again. Um, Let us go. Okay, let's go, Quincy Roche from Miami. All right, Quincy Roche. The third defensive end from Miami to be drafted. They do need some more edge rush depth. Bud Dupree and TJ Wall obviously are there. That's a great pair, but yeah. they don't really have much behind those guys if one of them goes down. So I, I wanted to go cornerback here as well, but there just wasn't a cornerback high enough on my board yeah. to take over Roche or... Um, the guy that I was going to go with, uh, <laughs> Tyron. All Tyron, right. The, uh, the LA Rams are back on the clock. Um, we had Wyatt Davis guard, Ohio state go to them with their second round pick. Uh, this is, this is again, a team that I think could, uh, could go in a lot of different areas. Um, it wouldn't surprise me necessarily to see them go with another uh, offense, interior offensive lineman. Um, I think that uh, potentially adding a receiver here could be an option. Uh, but I think most of all, I, I look at the defense and uh, I, I feel like there's just been a lot of turnover with that defense in the last couple years. Uh, looking at what is available, I'm going to go... Ooh, this is a tough one. I'm I'm torn. Let's give them. Uh, let's give them Sean Wade, corner, Ohio State. He'll uh, he'll play the slot and and maybe like a strong safety type role for them. And look, this was a guy that was projected to be a first round pick, uh, before the season began, struggled playing the outside corner position for Ohio state this year. And his draft stock plummeted because of that. But I think you get him back in, in more of his natural role. And, uh, this is, this is one of those, like he, he could be a, a big time home run in round three playing in the right position. Yeah, they need, they need to fill that role. Um, that John Johnson played, John yeah. Johnson obviously left for Cleveland. So uh, I, to fill that safety role potentially and yeah, add another guy in that secondary. All right, Cleveland is up on the board. 
so far they have taken Zayvon Collins. Uh, and Aline McNeil, right? Aline McNeil, yeah, so far. So first, Cleveland having a good draft so far. Um, let's add some receiver depth to their team. I think they need an outside guy um, to pair up with Jarvis, who is absolutely best utilized in the slot. Odell can play inside or outside, but I think they need another outside guy. Let's go with Josh Palmer, receiver out of Tennessee. Nice. I like Josh Palmer. Incredibly underrated. Uh, when you watch his tape, there are there are multiple highlights of him beating Patrick Sertan in the SEC. There are highlights of him beating J.C. Horn in the SEC. He doesn't like just jump off the page at you as far as like just the overall size or athleticism or speed, but he's just one of those guys, a little bit like Tylen Wallace, who like just is a football player and just when you watch the tape, just makes makes football plays. So I like Josh Palmer a lot. I think he's he's underrated in this draft. Yeah, I, I was also looking at, uh, at Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, who's still available, but I think he's probably better suited in the slot as well. At least in, at USC, he played much better inside than he did when he moved outside. So uh, I, I just don't think that's really a need for Cleveland. So yeah. yeah, Palmer was an easy pick here. All right. The Minnesota Vikings are back on the clock. Um, we went Tommy Togai with their last pick. They took Elijah Vera Tucker in the first round uh let's just stay on the defensive line uh and give them a three technique uh, i'm gonna go uh with a guy that i i i just think has so much upside um he's he's kind of a guy that also has watched his draft stock fluctuate i think throughout the process like in the early stages he started skyrocketing up boards um as we've gotten closer i think his name has 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 started to slip but I'm a big fan of Davion Nixon from Iowa. So let's add to that defensive line. Davion Nixon, defensive tackle, Iowa. All right, we are back on the clock with the Cleveland Browns, who are, in my opinion, killing it with this draft right now. And let's see. Let's go. Hmm. Let's go with – would I be crazy to go back to another receiver here? They're not that desperate a receiver. Uh, I think they just needed one more. So let's go with Israel Mukamu, Mukwamu, right. the Carolina. quarterback out of South Carolina. Yeah. Who's like 6'8". I'm kidding. Perfect. I think he's like six four. but like you, when you watch him play and you watch him match up against these like five – eight, five, nine receivers. He looks like a monster on the football field. He sounds like a perfect fit to play in the AFC yeah. North then. There you go. Somebody needs to match up with Chase Claypool. Yeah. All right, the Green Bay Packers on the clock at pick 92. So they went Elijah Moore in the first round, finally gave Aaron Rodgers a first-round weapon. Uh, they added offensive line help with Jalen Mayfield to come in and play the right tackle position in the second round. I'm going to stay on the offensive line here. Um, when you look at, at best available, plus the fact that they could use some help, uh, let's go Ben Cleveland, offensive guard, Georgia. Damn, I should have taken him with the last pick. I could see Ben Cleveland being a uh, Cleveland pick. The Brown? Yeah. That'd be awesome. Have your guard with the yeah. <laughs> name Cleveland on the, yeah, Cleveland favorite. on his jersey twice. Yeah. Sell those jerseys. Yeah. Right. Too bad offensive linemen can't wear the single digits. Yeah, 
That's true. Man, just let them have some fun. It's a shame. It's not like if they're wearing number five, you can't tell that that's an offensive lineman. Right. Like he's three hundred and twenty right. pounds. Just because he wears number five. I thought he was a. I thought he was a running back. All right, let's. Uh, we're back up to Buffalo, who have taken. Oh, they went. Gregory Rousseau, Rousseau in the first. Yes, and then uh, Molden with sixty-one, the cornerback slash nickelback. Um, I got confused there. I'm not used to Buffalo picking so late in the draft. I went and scrolled <laughs> up too much. All right, let's uh, let's give them a, let's give them a receiver. I don't know what Emmanuel Sanders has left at this point. Um, they don't really need another corner slot receiver with Beasley, but also there's got to be some concern with Beasley's mileage at this point. So let's go ahead and just give him the best receiver that's on the board right now. Let's give him Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, at the very least, he can be a good slot receiver in that that offense. Maybe he transitions outside and works out with them. But uh, let's just let's give Josh Allen another weapon. Amon Ross St. Brown, wide receiver USC to the Buffalo Bills at 93. All right, the Kansas City Chiefs on the clock. So we went uh, Dylan Radunes in the first round, offensive tackle, North Dakota State. Um, you had their pick in the second round and went Nico Collins, wide receiver, Michigan, which I love that pick. Um, the guy that I had in mind when you were making the pick at 63 is still on the board right now. So I, I'm going to – this is a this is an easy one for me, no-brainer. Um, you, you mentioned this when you made the pick – uh, at the end of the first round for the Chiefs, and I think it's valid. When you talk about offensive linemen, I think you have to consider the style of offense you're playing with Kansas City. And, you know, if, if you have a big laboring-type tackle, that may not be the greatest fit for what Kansas City does. So um, a guy to me that I think can play the style of offense that Kansas City would like to play um, and the best on my board offensive tackle available, Brady Christensen, Offensive tackle BYU to the Kansas City Chiefs at 63 or at 94. All right. Getting a, another tackle for Kansas City. Kansas City's draft is, uh, they're definitely taking some guys that could be risk, but also could turn out to be, you know, just more yeah. pieces for that offense. I mean, offense at this point, they need bodies explosive. at tackle, right? Exactly. 100%. All right. Tampa Bay is on the clock. This is the. Is this the traditional last pick of the third round? Yes. Yeah. The rest are compensatory. Uh, yeah. All right. What is okay? I, I actually this is an easy pick for me. What's the one thing in that Tampa Bay offense that Tom Brady doesn't have? He doesn't have a James White. He doesn't have a Deion no. Lewis. Well, he does now because uh, with the 95th pick, the Bucks are taking Michael Carter, running back out of North Carolina, who uh, incredibly dynamic in the past game. If he can fit into that offense and be the third down back to Rondell Jones and uh, Leonard Fournette, like I absolutely because neither of those guys are reliable in the passing game. So, um, just another weapon for Tom Brady, Michael Carter, running back out of North Carolina. I like that pick, and I like what Tampa's done. They added the the edge rush with Aziz Ojalari. Uh, then they went two two Atwell in the second to get that slot receiver and and take over uh, the vacancy that Antonio Brown leaves behind. And look, I think just a, a really explosive playmaker with the ball in his hands and then another just really shifty player out of the backfield with Michael Carter. So they're also having a, a terrific draft. All right, the New England Patriots back on the clock. Um, 
this is also an easy pick for me. I think Bill Belichick has always liked having just a solid anchor in the middle of his defense. Uh, when I look at best players available, this guy's one of the top names on the board. So let's go Tyler Shelvin, LSU, nose tackle. Very nice. Just a run-stuffing first two-down defensive lineman. How is it that the teams, the best teams, are having the best draft in this in this in this draft we're doing? Yeah, because the teams that have all these needs, you know, have to draft for need. And then you inevitably you're going to get these players that may not fit. Reach on, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, the Chargers are up again. I've, uh... We've literally made every pick for them. Yes, them, yes, they're, and they're not fun. I'm not really having a lot of fun drafting for the Chargers. Um, You've done a pretty good job, though. I, I really like their draft. Yeah, Bastrom Jr. in the second round, uh, Darisol in the first, and then they took... Uh, Jamar Johnson. Jamar Johnson safety in the third round. So, you know what? It's a compensatory, a compensatory pick. It's kind of a luxury pick, and, and if you look at it in certain ways... So I'm going to treat it as a as a luxury pick. Let's go with Make sure I get his name right. Uh let's go with running back Khalil Herbert out of Virginia Tech. I don't really I don't really love um his name's Austin Eckler. No, I love Austin Eckler, but I don't really love um Justin Justin Jackson or okay. Joshua Kelly as their yeah. backups. So let, let's go. Let's, it's a it's a compensatory pick. Let's go. go ahead and get a get a running back for them. Let's go, Khalil Herbert, who uh, who was good last year, and he's a very tough runner to bring down. Yeah. Uh, broke forty two tackles on one hundred and fifty fifty one hundred fifty five carries. Yeah, former Kansas Jayhawk, by the way. Yeah, here we go. First Jayhawk taken. Yeah, goes to uh, Virginia Tech, lands in a better position, had a hell of a season, and uh, is now being taken on day two in the NFL draft. All right, the New Orleans Saints are on the clock. Uh, we gave them. Terrace Marshall Jr. in the first round. We gave them Jabril Cox in the second round. Uh, again, I think this is a team that doesn't necessarily have a ton of needs. Uh, and, and you know, when you're talking about a new era, it, it is somewhat of a luxury for a new quarterback to step into the overall situation that New Orleans has. I mean, I've, I've picked them to go to the Super Bowl like three times in the last four years because I just feel like their team has been so complete. There's not really a lot of holes. Uh, so, again, I think this is one of those situations where it's just best player available. Go get a guy that is, is uh, you know, going to have the opportunity to to just play somewhere down the road and, and doesn't necessarily have to be a an immediate contributor. Um, I'm going to go defensive line. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay in state. I guess for the third time, right? Because I took uh, Terrace Marshall from LSU, Jabril Cox from LSU, and now I'm gonna go Louisiana Tech. This this wasn't on purpose, by the way, but it just kind of worked out. Uh, I'm gonna go Milton Williams, defensive tackle, Louisiana Tech to the New Orleans Saints. Ah, you would, son of a bitch. Okay, just took the Cowboys' next pick. Hope you're well, there's, there's actually another guy uh, that, that does the same thing as him available that I think is great for the, uh, the Dallas Cowboys here. I like that pick. Okay. He uh, plays on the West Coast for the Trojans. Oh, okay. Hang on, hang on. 
I, I like how you're still just basically taking, you're just still making the picks for him, essentially. Because <laughs> you're just, you're too heavy of an influence on my Cowboys pick. All right, let's go with, uh, I hope this is the guy that you were, you were referring to because uh, he's a Cowboys pick. Jay Tufele. Jay Tufele. Out yeah. of USC. Yeah. Uh, they need they need a three technique that can penetrate and create pressure. And, you know, I, I, again, when you talk about Dan Quinn's defensive scheme, uh, Jay Tufele is the kind of guy, like I would have loved Davion Nixon as well. Uh, I think both of those guys would work well for what Dallas needs out of that position. Nixon's been off the board, though. Yeah, right? Nixon's, yeah, yeah Nixon was taken about 10 picks ago. So, J2, I think that's a great pick for the Dallas Cowboys. J2, four and a half sacks last year, eight tackles for loss. And, I mean, they played, what, five games? Yeah. Six games. So, yeah. I mean, those are big numbers from a defensive tackle. Yeah. All right. We are at pick 100. The Tennessee Titans are on the clock. So. Pick 22, the Titans took Caleb Farley, cornerback, Virginia Tech. Pick 53, Pat Frermuth, the tight end from Penn State. What have they done in the third round? Trayvon Grimes, receiver, Florida. So I think they could go. They're a team that could address offensive line here. Um, they already took a wide receiver and a tight end. Uh, so I think they're going to go back to the defensive line. Um, they play a three, four, which I think is interesting enough to, uh, to pay attention to as far as what's available here. Um, let's go Marvin Wilson, defensive tackle, Florida state. I think he can play the defensive end position. Or the a little Titans. bit of a, a little bit of run on defensive tackles there three in a row, uh, taken. So, all right, let's go to Detroit, who is also not one of the more fun teams to draft for, because uh, I just don't feel good about any pick that I make for them. So, all right, let's uh, let's get them a right tackle. They need everything. They need. Position across the board. We've said that multiple times. Let's go Dan Moore Jr., offensive tackle out of Texas A&M. Dan Moore, wow. I didn't expect him to come off this early. They need yeah, a tackle, was, though. You're absolutely yeah, right. Yeah, I was looking at Dante Smith, the tackle out of East Carolina, um, there as well. Yeah. Um, and it just, I think that Dan Moore probably starts right away, and I think that they just need bodies that can, they can put on the field yeah. and, keep Jared God, hopefully, I mean, well, I say hopefully, but just do something in that yeah. offense. You are, uh, you're thin at tackle at this point in the draft for sure. All right. Miami Dolphins on the clock. I feel like they've had like eight selections at this point. So we have Kyle Pitts. We have Jalen Phillips. We have Najee Harris. We have Alex Leatherwood. Um, so I feel like we're somewhat obligated to look at an Alabama player here. And then Peyton Turner was their last selection. Uh, I'm going to stay with uh, offensive line. Um, I, I think this is a guy that I, I don't necessarily think he falls this far. So um, unless unless I'm missing something and uh, he's already been taken, Trey Smith, guard, Tennessee. 
I don't believe he he's still on my big board. Okay. So mine as well. So there there we go. All right, Los Angeles Rams back on the clock. Who have they taken? They have taken the cornerback Wade, Sean they Wade, and Wyatt Sean Davis, Wade. I believe. A couple of Ohio State Buckeyes. No. Um. Let's see. You know what? Matt Stafford loves throwing to tight ends. I, I don't. I've seen mixed reports on that being a need for them at this point, but uh, I think Tyler Higby was just such a, a letdown last year. People had really high expectations for him in that offense. Yeah. Um, and just it didn't work out. So let's go with Brevin Jordan, tight end out of Miami. Um, you get Matthew Stafford another weapon. He obviously, I mean, he threw to TJ. He loved throwing to TJ Hawkinson. Maybe Brevin yeah. Jordan can be uh, another tight end weapon for him. Very nice. All right, the Baltimore Ravens are on the clock. Jason Owe, edge out of Penn State, was the first-round selection. Deami Brown, wide receiver, UNC, was the second-round selection. And then did they have a third-round pick, or was that moved? They did not have a third-round pick. Okay. Uh, they, well, they, you said Brown was their second-round pick, right? Yeah, yeah so Deami no, they Brown's didn't have a third-round okay. pick. So they, yeah. this is their third pick overall in the draft, so I didn't miss anybody. Um, man, several positions here and several guys that just kind of make sense to me as maybe Raven type guys. They're good at running back. We gave them a receiver with the last pick. I don't think they have tight end needs. Um, I think they could add an offensive lineman just for depth in the Orlando Brown situation, potentially. Uh, defensively, I think they uh, Owe was a good pick, but it wouldn't be out of the question to add another edge rush guy in this spot. Um, they took Patrick Queen in the first round a year ago to play inside linebacker. I like their cornerback situation. Um, safety potentially could uh, just use another body. Uh, this is a really interesting pick. Uh, let's go. Let's go with a defensive lineman here. Uh, just a guy that I, I think uh, again can maybe be the defensive end in a in a three four. Um, a guy that you and I were both really impressed with as far as the pass rush one on ones the Senior Bowl from UCLA Osa. nailed it yeah nailed it all right we are on to our final pick of our three-round mock draft and you know what new orleans needs somebody they they need somebody on the opposite side of marshawn Lattimore. they need a cornerback so far they have taken uh, let's see. The first round, they went with Terrace Marshall, receiver out of LSU. 
Then Jabril Cox, linebacker. Jabril Cox. They filled two of those needs right there, which I think receiver and linebacker were two of their biggest needs. But let's go cornerback. They need somebody, like I said, that can play opposite side of Marshawn Lattimore. Let's go with Trey Brown. Oh. I I thought you were going Rodarius Williams here. No, I'm going to side with Trey Brown. I I like the – we talked a lot yesterday about guys improving – over the course of their career in college. And each year you can see a, a noticeable difference in their production and their abilities. And I think Trey Brown is a perfect example of that. Just from year one on the field to last year, just consistently getting better. I think he, yeah. he is a little on the smaller side, but I think he's he's physical enough that he can play outside. He's he's good in press, cover, press man. So, um, yeah, let's go Trey Brown. Very nice. 105 picks have been made in our three-round mock draft. Um, who did you have on the board that you're surprised, I guess, now that we've reached the end of the third round that's still available? Um, honestly, not many guys. My my big board is pretty, like, down to where we are in the draft. Yeah. Um. I mean, there's like Kenneth Gainwell's up there, but he's a running back, so like yeah. there's no value. There's not as much value for him. Um, Richie Grant, I'm a little surprised, is still available. Uh, the Richie other Grant safety, was taken in the second round. Oh, okay. See, this is what I'm talking. Okay. Yeah, pick 45. Right. Okay, then that's why I was surprised he was still on my big board because he. Yeah, never mind. Like I said, I'm gonna get confused because this big board is yeah all all clustered. Okay, so excuse that. Um, yeah, not really much that I'm I'm shocked is still available. A lot of them are just like, it's a lot of offensive linemen, which we filled most of the team's needs that needed offensive linemen. Yeah. And, you know, like running backs and receivers. So, again, there, there's just so many of those guys that we've gotten to the point where they're going to be clustered together on, the, on a lot of big boards. Yeah. Yeah, I think as far as uh, the quarterbacks, like we had three quarterbacks go day two. Um, I could certainly see that happening. I could also see after we get past those first five teams really deciding to wait on Mills, Mond, and and Kyle Trask. So I think that's – I don't know how I feel about what teams are going to do from that perspective. But again, when you consider teams like Chicago and Washington and their quarterback situations and not being able to address those in the first round, then maybe it's just a value thing with a guy like Kyle Trask or Davis Mills on day two. Um, running backs, I think the only guy that I thought had a chance, and and again, I think this is kind of depending on fit, um, Trey Sermon potentially could be a third-round pick in my mind. Uh, receiver, a couple of guys that I think are really interesting. I don't know that I necessarily like them above anybody that was taken, but Anthony Schwartz out of Auburn is a four two forty guy. And Shai Smith out of South Carolina is a 4-3-3 guy. I think just the speed of those guys potentially makes them third-round options. I don't think their skill set is necessarily third-round, uh, but I think their speed, potentially, if some you know somebody wants to just get somebody to take the top off a of defense, I think those guys are definitely options. Um, we talked yeah, about the Shai, tight ends. Oh, go ahead. Shai Smith was a, another guy that I was, I was debating at 85 for Tennessee, but... Yeah. The, the difference was I think he's just a little smaller than what I would want on as an outside receiver. And right. um, like I said, Tennessee to me needs an outside receiver 
to replace Corey Davis. Yeah. Uh, Dwayne Eskridge is another receiver that is a, a slot guy that plays at uh, what Western Michigan, I think, that I really like, uh, that I think is an, a day three op- or a day two option. Uh, the tight ends, Tommy Trimble, Hunter Long, uh, were still available. Um, again, I just Tommy Trimble's not even a pass catcher, though. Yeah, so he's yeah, he's he's just so like athletic a, that I think people yeah. look at him as like you get a blocking tight end and a guy that's so athletic. If you can teach him to catch uh, the football, yeah, then maybe he turns I can, into something. I just, I can't imagine him going in the first three rounds just because he doesn't have that pass catching ability on tape. Yeah, maybe maybe like day three, I could see him going. Yeah. But yeah, I mean he's he's still he's up there on my big board. He's yeah, like sixth seventh best available right now. But I just I think that's overrating him a little bit where he's going to go. Yeah, uh, let's see the two tackles that I still had that I thought uh, could be round three guys: Stone Forsyth and Deontay Smith. Um, the guard position is one of those that's not necessarily super valuable in drafts and generally people wait on them. So while like Aaron Banks and Deontay Brown and David Moore are still there, I don't think it's necessarily a surprise to me. Uh, and then defensively, um, the top two edge guys or the top three edge guys for me left were Rashad Weaver from Pitt, Patrick Johnson from Tulane and Cam Sample from Tulane. Uh, interior guys, Jalen Twyman from Pitt and uh, Marlon Tui Pulotu, who uh, I also really like. Uh, linebackers, Monty Rice, Chaz Surratt, Dylan Moses, Pete Warner, Justin Hilliard. I all th- I thought all those guys could potentially be third rounders. Uh, and then the, the, the one that maybe I'm most surprised by are Darius Washington. Some people have him as one of the top five safeties in this class. He's only 5'8", and size is an issue, I think, for... Uh, for some people, it certainly is for me. Uh, but I would be surprised if he were still on the board uh, when day three starts. And then the guy, yeah. one guy that I just I, I, I absolutely love. Um, there may be some question marks about how good he is in the passing game, but uh, Talanoa Hufanga, safety from USC, is just a playmaker. Yeah, uh, our Darius Washington, I had him fifth on my safety positional rankings. But like you said, it's just. It's a size thing, and when a guy is 5'8", it, it's kind of a concern positionally um, and kind of fit. Like, I just, again, we were drafting, you know, kind of a mixed bag of what we what we, we do and what we think the teams are going to do. And I don't, I just, is there much reference for a 5'8 safety being successful in the NFL? Not that I can think of off the top of my head. I can't either. I mean, that's. That just unless he's got like a fifty inch vertical, that just seems like you're getting set up to you know lose a lot of jump balls. Yeah, but I mean he's a, he's a playmaker. Like a, he's yeah. all over the place when you watch TCU play. But yeah, um, the size is is an issue. But yeah, I, I, even with that, I think somebody in the third round is is going to pull the trigger there. For sure. So and it, we we talked about it. I think we talked about it before. Um, the safety class. There's I. I actually, I think we said it earlier. There's a lot of value at safety on day two in this draft. Yeah. And, and maybe even into day three. Yeah. Um, on like I had Ardarius Washington, Hufanga, uh, divine Diablo is still on the board. Uh, Caden Stearns out of Texas, who I think is extremely underrated, still on the board. Richard LeCount from, uh, Georgia, still on the board. Jamie and Sherwood from Auburn, and Tyree Gillespie from Missouri were all guys that I felt like 
depending on the way things fell, if there was a, a desperate need for safety in the third round, could be options depending on what kind of guy you needed. Definitely. Are you listening? Are you? Excuse me. Dylan Moses seems like a guy that before this past season, I felt like would have had way more value going into the draft. He was a first round pick before the season started. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. unanimous. I mean, everybody thought he was the best linebacker in college football. And he's still there. I mean, we're three through three rounds and he's yeah, 20 to 25 guys down on my big board still. Yeah, I've seen I've seen draft grades have him in round five, round six. So, well, I look forward to Miami drafting him in the fifth round. Look, if if uh, he's available for the Cowboys in the fourth or fifth round, thumbs up for me. Yeah. I mean, look, Alabama has a track record of producing pretty damn good linebackers. So, yeah. I mean, even if, if, again, if you get him in the fifth round, that's such a low-risk, high-reward pick, in my opinion, to get a guy that was projected first round before the right. season. I mean, even, fifth, even at yeah. that point, you're not even talking about uh... – like fifth round picks, you're not necessarily expecting to come in and like play for you as much as you, like maybe you hope they're a backup at their position and give you special teams help. If you right. had a guy like Dylan Moses on your special teams, good lord. I mean, it's yeah, in the fifth to sixth round, that's not it's completely conceivable. These guys don't even make your roster week one. Right. That their practice squad. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Yeah, that's a complete luxury pick. Um. Who okay, so through through the three rounds we did, what team stood out to you as far as like you as we're going or even looking back now, like just absolutely killed it? Cleveland. I mean For yeah, sure, I think yeah. I love Cleveland's draft. They're I mean, they're a team that already I think is uh in great position to compete this year, and then you add I mean, we Saban gave them Saban Collins and Aleem McNeil in the first two rounds, which I think yep. both of those guys immediately contribute to their defense. And then uh Jordan Palmer and the third round, and then the uh, Mukwamu kid yeah. out of uh, wait, South, wait, Carolina. South Carolina. Yeah. yeah, another South Carolina cornerback who is definitely flawed, but I mean, completely. Yeah, he's, he's, just, he's, six, he's so four. long and rangy that I think he gives you some matchup versatility. So, yep. Yeah, yeah, it's not like I, there was a guy for sure there that you were going to get that that steps in and and plays immediately. So to get a guy that gives you versatility is never a bad thing. I think some people might say that McNeil at fifty nine was a reach, but we we again we both love him. Yeah, and I think that their defense, the way their defense is built, they don't need him to be more than what he is. Yeah, and what he is, he's really good at pass rushing. So yeah, um, yeah, it's just kind of a scenario where. They're just making a really good defense even better. Yeah. I, I know you said people think he's a reach. Like, I'll just tell you this. As a Dallas Cowboy fan, if the Cowboys were to take him at 44, I wouldn't have an issue with it. Yeah. I mean, I, I again, so, we both love him. So, yeah. 100%. Um, another, I, I, I like San Francisco's draft as well. Uh, I don't think they had a third round pick, but to walk away from the first two rounds with Ronnie Perkins and Justin Fields, I, I, I don't think that you have any reason to be upset about that. Right. Uh, if you're a team that is already extremely deep and really talented and just needs a couple of pieces to get back to where they were two years ago. Yeah. Um, obviously you need some help staying health. Health played a big part in their struggles last year, but I mean, they're definitely, just some luxury picks made them big, even better. I like Arizona's draft. Um, J.C. Horn and Rondell Moore, their first two picks are um, 
super fun and exciting picks for a roster that's also pretty damn good. Yeah, and then um, you know the, the the teams that had multiple picks like the Jaguars, Jets, and Dolphins. I thought uh, definitely filled a lot of needs for them. Definitely filled, yeah, needs across the board. Yeah, the Dolphins. I mean, looking at the Dolphins to get Kyle Pitts, um, Jalen Phillips, Jalen Phillips, Najee Harris, Alex Leatherwood. Yeah, like yeah, Peyton Turner. Like, they got guys that are immediately day one going to potentially be starters. I mean, Kyle Pitts is definitely going to be a starter. But yeah. you got some potential starters there week one, and you've got some guys that may take a few months or a year to really mold and get into their groove but could be absolute studs and playmakers for that team. Najee Harris is the best running back on that team immediately. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they don't have – I mean, who else do they have? Yeah, I don't <laughs> – Miles Gaskin. I mean, <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah, I don't even know what their official depth chart looks like at this point. I'm sure they probably brought in somebody in the off season, but uh, uh, the running backs are Miles Gaskin, Malcolm Brown, who they brought oh, there in, you go. and yeah. uh, Salvin Ahmed. So yeah, nothing. Yeah, Najee Harris immediately is a massive upgrade at that position. Hundred percent. Three down back, good pass catcher, great, obviously good physical run. Yeah. I mean, hell, you're, I'm looking at their team. Honestly, their weak spot in that offense might be quarterback. Yeah, and you know that's you're you're putting all these pieces in place to help that position. So, yep. adding an offensive lineman with Leatherwood that probably you know potentially plays tackle or guard. Uh, Trey Smith in the third round is also potentially a starter at guard for them. Uh, and then, yeah, Kyle Pitts, Najee Harris. So glad Bill O'Brien could uh, set up this awesome draft for Miami. There you go. Yeah. That was fun, man. Uh, I'm excited for uh, for next Thursday night. We're going to be at Chalk uh, beginning at 6.30 on Thursday, uh, broadcasting live throughout the entire first round, giving uh, predictions, analysis, and uh, reaction to everything that happens. It's going to be a good time. Yep. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. Kind of wish that all three rounds were on uh, Thursday after we just did this mock draft because I really want to see how it plays out live. But uh, still looking forward to the first round. Uh, again, we've said it multiple times. What, really, San Francisco just is going to completely dictate the rest of the first round because it could go multiple ways based on who they draft. And then Atlanta also kind of in that same situation where they could completely flip the draft in many different directions. So. Yeah. I think it's going to be a fun draft. It's not like the sexiest draft as far as like top 10 talent goes, I think. Um, but past that, we've talked about it. I mean, this is a deep draft class. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch like picks 10 through 32 play out. Yeah. To me, Justin Fields is the biggest story of the draft, right? Because like if San Francisco doesn't take him at three, um, I to me, Atlanta seems like a no-brainer. He's a Georgia guy. Uh, would they take him at four? Um, Detroit obviously trades for Jared Goff, but would they would they pass on Justin Fields if he were still available at seven? I, same, I would be shocked. I think right? that would be so stupid to pass on Justin same, Fields. Same thing for Carolina at eight. Like I know they just got Sam Darnold, but he's not currently doesn't have a contract to be their long-term quarterback. Yep. He's never taken a snap for them, and he's going into the final year. So are you so sold on Sam Darnold that you wouldn't take Justin Fields if he's available at eight? And then obviously Denver could could use him at nine. I think that uh, 
the Justin Fields storyline is incredibly interesting. And if San Francisco doesn't take him at three, um, Atlanta is in a really interesting position. Hell, I mean, for Detroit, if Trey Lance or Justin Fields are there at seven, I would, yeah. I think it would be crazy not to take either one of those guys. And look, if you don't want, if Trey Lance needs some time, perfect. You've got this high paid quarterback that you just brought over in a trade that you can, you know, sit back there and get killed for this with this terrible team for a year while Trey Lance develops. Yeah. Yeah, I think honestly, like if Mac Jones goes three, like this whole top ten is just gonna, yeah, it's gonna go crazy. New England's probably gonna start trying to trade up at that point. Washington's probably gonna try and trade up. Chicago, like all these teams, Washington and Chicago moving up to that high is probably gonna be tough. But uh, New England is definitely in there. Hell, I mean, we'll find out if Philadelphia really has faith in Jalen Hurts and see if they don't try and trade back up. Yeah, I agree. Denver as well, yeah. And then, you know, if if San Francisco does take Justin Fields, what does the Mac Jones slide look like? You know, at that point, because I don't think he's such a can't miss that uh, if you're Detroit already having Jared Goff that you, you know, roll the dice there. Or same thing for Carolina. Like, if Justin Fields is there, I think you have to take that despite what you have at quarterback. If Mac Jones is there, I think you just stick with what you have and – take the best player available. Um, but then you get to like Denver, it becomes an interesting conversation. And then I think you start talking about uh, teams like the Patriots or Washington or maybe the bears all being in the conversation to potentially move up and, and grab him somewhere before 15. Yeah, for sure. I think, yeah, Denver's interesting. I think if Matt Jones is there at nine. I think that you probably have to go. I don't think you have to, I guess you could trade back potentially yeah. if you're Denver, but I mean, there's really, yeah. I mean, there's really no reason to even trade back if you're Denver because New England, why would New England want to move up to nine? If they know Denver's not taking Mac Jones, nobody between nine and 15 is taking Mac Jones unless Minnesota goes crazy and just decides to take a quarterback when they need, like desperately need offensive line help. I think Philly would be your probably most worrisome spot. Not yeah. that I think they would take a quarterback, but. I mean, I wouldn't rule it out necessarily. Like, I wouldn't say that it's impossible. There's just going to be some good receivers there. Agreed. That I think that they can put Jalen Hurts in the best situation they possibly can and see what they have with him right now because we've talked about it. Their roster is so bad. They're going to be – I'd be shocked if they didn't draft in the top five or six next year. So they should be right back in the hunt for a quarterback next year if they if Jalen Hurts is not the answer. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. One week from today, the NFL Draft. It's good stuff. And, that was fun. And I we're going to have a celebration when Quinn Miners gets selected as well. Yeah, I was a little nervous going into the uh, doing this today. Like, man, I'm, we're going to get like into the third round and there's going to be a bunch of dudes I'm not super familiar with, most likely. But there's a lot of guys I was actually familiar with. Like, I'm, you know, yeah. Michael Carter went 90 fit. Like, there's still a lot right. of guys there that... I'm uh, I know some stuff about so. Well, we only, went to, only... we went to pick 105, and I had a big board that was probably prepared to go to about like pick 130. So there were still like 25 guys on my board. So I I I, I was comfortable I was comfortable about being able to address needs in some way for almost every team all the way through. So yeah, I think we did a good job. Yeah, I, th- I think there was probably only like three or four like questionable picks like picks that those teams could definitely make, but weren't necessarily like super realistic trade or picks. 
But, you know, that's the draft. There's always going to be those guys. Yeah, every year it happens. I mean, yeah. every year it's like, really? That's what? When God, I hope Kellen took goes that to guy when Washington. this guy was yeah. available? Yeah. Me too. I'm sure you do. Uh, look, I, I would love to see the Eagles take Kellen Mond, and then you kind of have like you have the same quarterback, two of the same guy, two of the same yeah, yeah, the same dude, yeah, who like everybody's like, hey, the physical tools, he could be something. Well, he was. But we've watched him play four years of football, and it's it's exactly the same, pretty much the same. Yeah. Yeah. All right, good stuff, buddy. All right, I'll uh, see you next week. Sounds good. All right, see you. Thanks to Aaron Davis for joining me. That was our second and third round mock. You can find the first round mock draft yesterday. Uh, A ton of fun. And look, we're both draft nerds, so it's a lot of fun um, analyzing and scouting and watching tape on all these players and putting together uh, positional rankings and big boards. And again, next Thursday night, the NFL draft, we're going to be at Chalk and Chisholm Creek beginning at 630. Uh, we're going to be breaking down every pick throughout the first round, broadcasting live for the entire first round. So uh, if you're looking for a place to watch the draft, they have an awesome atmosphere, awesome menu, $3 Bud Light all night long. You can grab grab some draft swag and have your opportunity to win uh, the draft grand prize by simply drawing a name out of a hopper. So it's going to be a ton of fun. Chalk and Chisholm Creek next week. All right, this episode presented by Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. Check out their line of natural medicine products, including Kratom, CBD, and Delta 8. If you're looking for something to help with pain, anxiety, or just an opioid alternative, Artisan Botanicals can help you out again. Natural medicine products, including Kratom, CBD, Delta 8, uh, whatever it is you're looking for. Plus, we're saving you 15% when you order online. Go to the website, abotanicalcompany.com, use the discount code Colby Show, and you will save 15% off your online order. Once again, abotanicalcompany.com. Everybody, have a great day, stay safe, and I'll see you tomorrow. Podcast is over.